Blog Talk Radio. And now, live from the IMLD Home Studio, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Oh, yeah, it's a football party, and it's overreaction weekend. It's week two in the NFL. It's always so much fun to break down week one because everyone overreacts to what happens in week one. All the 1-0 teams are going 16-0. and All the 0-1 teams are going 0-16. And as Jason and I were discussing before the show started, I guess the Lions and the Cardinals are going to have 16 ties. And we came across an existential question. Is that better or worse than being eight and eight? We we can't really figure that out. We'll have to maybe get into the NFL rule book and and see what the tiebreakers are for that situation. Anyway, uh, this is indeed in much less detail, the podcast. Thank you. You are listening live on blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. Thank you, whoever you are for joining us and stopping by our football party. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, September the 14th, 2019. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and you are in for two hours of probably goofy conversation because we were already goofy before the show even started. Uh, Jay, our week one uh, got off to a choppy start. Uh, You turn in a uh, 6-10 and week, and I turn in a 7-9. and Uh, We had a lot of, uh, as we were talking about, heartbreaking losses. We were this close, uh, had a lot of games where we weren't close at all. Uh, Very strange happenings in in week one. Uh, You you were trying to predict how strange it would be by calling it exhibition week five, and yet I I think you would agree with me. It turned out to be even stranger in some cases than we could even imagine. It was about as it was about as bad as could be expected. Um, on the positive side, I think for the first time in a long time, one of us doesn't start week two, you know, six games up on the other because that seems to right. be the trend over the years. Is one of us just shoots out of the gate and just completely buries the other one in a hole that they can't dig out of for the whole season. So no, coming out of week one, only separated by one game, felt really good. <laughs> um, you know, that, it, that it's not just like one of us scratching and clawing and trying to fight for our, our survival for the picks for the season already as we enter week two. So we, we both of us kind of hit the ground, a uh, little, little stumble, you know, to start the season. But you can clearly look at there were picks that we were on the right side of, uh, picks that we were on the wrong side of and got back on the right side of, only to finish on the wrong side of again, <laughs> thanks to a garbage time touchdown in Philly. Uh, thanks to the Chargers and the Lions both blowing leads. So we we basically ended up in a situation where our, my my six and ten and your seven and nine could have very very easily have been reversed. We we could have easily been looking at nine or ten wins apiece. Um, but hey, that's the way it goes. It's sometimes sometimes these things happen you know there were some there were there were a few picks uh that definitely that snuck our way i know the bills covered late which i was very pleased with and 
You yes, dominated it could have been morning. worse. Yeah, you dominated the noon games. I took control back in the afternoon games. You got the Steelers uh, loss correct to the Patriots on Sunday night, and then we dominated again on Monday night. So it was very uneven week, and that's what you expect in week one. So, you know, we signed up on this NFL pick watch. That's why I laugh when I see, like, after one week, there's, like, 14 and one people. I'm like, yeah, keep that up. Uh-huh. Get back to me in October. See, see yeah. where they stand at that point. No, you, you see this all the time. Some people start off blazing hot, and, you know, they got the they got the magic touch. And you all you can do is tip your hat and say, wow, nice job, congratulations. Knowing damn well they can't possibly keep that up. But, you know, week like I said, week one, uh, it is sometimes a little strange, but this was more bizarre to me than normal. Who sees the Buffalo Bills coming back like that? Uh, being down so much against the Jets, uh, who sees the the Philadelphia Eagles being down so early against the Redskins, putting their foot down, asserting who they are, battling all the way back to to be dominating that game, only to blow it blow the spread in the garbage time touchdown, like you were talking about, uh, and who sees the Cleveland Browns? becoming the tar- the darlings of everybody in the off season and opening up as a big home favorite and just completely shitting the bed uh, in Cleveland. I didn't see it coming. I'm not going to heap too much scorn on you or laugh at you too much for losing the Browns as your lock of the week. Cause it's not like I picked the Titans myself. I thought the Browns were going to beat the Titans as well and, and beat them pretty handily. And they did nothing of the sort. No. And I think in the, uh, in that one, because that was the, the game, I think that everybody looked at that result and was just like, whoa, uh, you know, you're, the Titans are supposed to be not very good. And the Browns are supposed to be this ascendant team with this great defense and all these offensive weapons. And they get blown out by 30 at home. That can't happen. You can't have a team that might finish the best. What's their ceiling? Eight, nine wins. If the Titans just ball out all year, that's their ceiling. And you're supposed to be the ascendant. Cleveland Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield seems like he's on every cover of every magazine for pro football. He's on every damn commercial during the games, and there they are just throwing pick sixes and turning the ball over, and the Titans just completely dominating them, running up and down the field on them. Marcus Mariota looked like a real NFL quarterback. And, uh, yeah, but how much is just It's week one. You know, it's the week one shenanigans. I took away – my takeaway from that game was – we can we can maybe knock on the Titans for their scheme and for their talent, but I'll tell you what, Mike Vrabel had them ready to play. Yeah, they 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 showed up. They definitely showed up yeah. ready to play. And, and the Browns, uh, you can't say the same for them. Uh, what I can, I think the Browns showed up, but the Browns showed up expecting to win, and you can't do that. I think the Browns showed up believing their own hype. Yeah, you definitely can't believe that. The and if, uh, the key sequence of that game, this is a game that I watched being, of course, living here in Tennessee. I guess that's my local game. <laughs> yeah. uh, I could live in Miami. I, I would be a, a happier man in general, but I would be a much worse football fan. Uh, but the, the key point to that game is that the, the Browns, after their slow start in the first half, get out in the third quarter, get the big drive to get them back in the game, uh, that they had a third and 16 and Baker Lewis converted that uh, and stepped up the tempo, got a back shoulder throw, got a strike for the touchdown. 
to David and Joku to to get Cleveland within two. It's like, okay, there they go. Uh, there's there's the Browns. There's what they're supposed to do. And the ensuing possession, first drive, Mariota to uh, the big tight end, uh, not the big tight end, but the big running back, Derrick Henry, after a play fake. And the Browns' defense just completely all out of sorts, all on the wrong side of the field. The screeners, the, the blockers for the screen are all on one side looking for people to block. There's nobody there. And he goes home from 75 yards untouched. And it's like, okay, what the fuck is what, – what's going on? What is that? What – so and the Browns are pretty much out of it uh, from that point forward. Uh, you that's what you really can't do. You cannot fight and rally all the way back to get within a possession and get the crow, the home crowd who's are, who's booing you and the dog pound is barking. Get them back on your side and then have the defense come out on the field the first play after that and, and just completely where did they go? Which way did they go? Which way did they go? That that you cannot possibly have that. So uh, there's different things to shore up for the Browns. Uh, but that's the biggest thing to me. I think the offense will be okay. They, you know, a little time to gel. Baker makes some bad throws and bad decisions late. The pressure probably got to him. That defense has to to be more stout than that. You cannot have that happen. And right, and lost in that also as well is that the Titans do play generally solid defense. It's not a terrible defensive team. And, and those guys in that secondary, is that lead just started – unraveling and getting bigger and, and everything just started going off the rails for the Browns. Right? Those guys just started ball hawking. And some of those picks they were making were almost all of them were highlight reel catches that they were making. They weren't picking balls out of the air that were thrown right into their chests. They were going and getting them. Now they were in perfect position for some of those terrible Baker Mayfield throws, but that's being prepared and that's knowing yeah. uh, the tendencies and, and being well coached and all credit for the Titans yeah. for that. And the Browns um, looked overmatched and outcoached for the, almost the entirety of that game. So good job, Freddie Kitchens. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to the uh, NFL for your first full time head coaching gig. For any younger football fans who are wondering what what was Delaney Walker talking about after that game, he was doing some weird stuff about they are who we thought they were, uh-huh. and if you yeah. can crown them, and this, that, and the other. And uh, luckily, favorite football podcast in much less detail is here with uh, uh, this is exactly what he was referring to. This would be the late great Dennis Green uh, on his very famous coaching rant from many years ago. Coach, uh, four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What did you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way. No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. So a different context, of course, because that was uh, Dennis Green's team was on the losing end of a result, and uh, Delaney Walker's team was on the winning end. But uh, a similar vibe of, look, here you got all this hype about about the Cleveland Browns. You got all this st- – everyone's talking about them. Everyone loves the Cleveland Browns. They're still the Cleveland Browns. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> Take they, a lesson. It, it, Delaney Walker's basically telling you, like, you know what, we know what these guys are all about. And you should, too. They're the Cleveland Browns. After all is said and done, they're still the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. 
and they showed it in spectacular fashion. But hey, at least Odell Beckham knows what time it is all the time. <laughs> that's, that's, no matter where he is good. on the field, he might be getting his ass beat, but he knows what time it is. <sighs> yeah, that, so not not a good uh, not a good start to my locks uh, for the year. Well, my locks got off to a, 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 a as good a start as you could possibly get off to. I, I told you, people, I told you the Ravens over the Dolphins was the lock of the century. Did I think that was going to happen? Hell no. I'm not going to. You didn't see 59 coming, did you? I didn't see whatever it was in the first half, 40 something in the first half, and uh, yardage upon yardage and scoring upon scoring. And I mean, the the Dolphins didn't even try. We were discussing this before the show, too. I don't want to give the Miami Dolphins the FedEx Mail It In Team Award after week one because I think you have to actually give an effort first and then decide it's not worth it and start mailing it in before you get to mail it in the war. And the Miami fucking Dolphins are a disgrace because they haven't given an effort yet. They didn't do it in week one. They're not going to do it tomorrow probably against the, the New England Patriots. Uh, they're just they're, – they're not there. They're not trying. They're not there. The players are, are already in Cabo. They're mentally off. The organization is clearly trying to be as bad as possible. It, it, it's disgusting. It, it's really disgusting to watch. And that game was just and, – and also, it made Lamar Jackson look like he's going to be a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. And they're who we think they are, too. They're not that. The, the Baltimore Ravens are a very fine quality franchise, quality organization, and I'm picking them to repeat as division champions, get back into the playoffs. And I think Lamar Jackson is, is going to have a, a, a good future, you know, maybe not great, but I do think he's going to be a starting NFL quarterback for a number of years. They're not that. My yeah. God. Yeah, one of the interesting things I heard this week on the sports talk radio circuit was a look back at the draft from two years ago and how it's amazing that Lamar Jackson seems to be the most bankable player from the quarterback position to come out of that. Oh, I'm so glad that everyone's, you know, figuring out two years after we said it here on this show, just starting to come to the party. I love it when people are late to the party and we're there first. We're welcoming, welcoming people in because I remember uh, very distinctly when we had uh, Renard from uh, football fan rush on the show and you posed the question to me and him, as who would be the best quarterback out of that draft. And I said, almost without hesitation, Lamar Jackson. I didn't have that. There he is. Um, So far, looking the best. And he's clearly got the coach, and he's got the the defense, and he's in the best situation. Sometimes it's the situation. The situation playing the Miami Dolphins when they're clearly full of quit? Hashtag full of quit. We have to bring it back. (laughs) My God. Um, yeah, we, but, but nobody retired at halftime. Let's just get that straight. <laughs> nobody retired at halftime. Although after the game, all of a sudden you're getting reports, excuse me, getting reports that like the players are just in open revolt in Miami now and all like demanding trades. Minka Fitzpatrick was given permission to seek a trade. It's just, it, it's, it's really bad in Miami. The how, players how you told but, you they were going to do that yeah. b- before the Laramie Tunsil trade. They said, uh, if we if we to him, what's the point? What are we doing? We're going to revolt. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. If you don't have the Miami Dolphins on, on auto fade all year, I mean, you, you could just end up winning the locks by one because we might just be locking up the team playing the <laughs> Dolphins for the rest of the season and be okay. 
How about eliminator pools? Fade the Dolphins all year uh, long. Just go right down the list. You, you yeah. got four games you got to worry about uh, for eliminator for the rest of the year. You got the whatever their opponents, their division opponents, the second time yes. they play them because you've already used them. So you got to worry about that and the Miami <laughs> Dolphins bye week. Other right. than that, don't you're good. That, and don't forget that the Dolphins do play the Jets twice, and that could be iffy. Because somebody's going to win that game by accident. <laughs> Two teams trying to lose? Well, the Jets aren't trying to lose, but they're just bad. They're so, trying. yeah, but the, the Dolphins might luck, luck into a win or two there. Yeah, it, it's we talk about how hard it is to go 0-16. We've seen it twice in our lives, yeah. and we didn't think we'd see it either one of those times. It was It's just so hard to do. But this seems this seems like a slam dunk, doesn't it? Doesn't this team seem worse than that Browns team that went on sixteen, and also the Lions team? I mean, if it's not just that the team is you know somewhat bereft of talent, there, there's not there's players on the team. It's not that the team is just the scrubs. They, they have the, they have the but they've but they've they've clearly quit. They've given right. up. They're one hundred percent bereft of organizational direction. There, there's no yes. leadership there. Right. You can have all the talent you want, but if no one's there to lead them and tell them how to to do things the right way, yeah. then nothing's going to happen. I mean, the Dolphins are making Murga look like he has a plan. <sighs> it, it might be a bad yeah. plan, but it's a plan. There's a total different, you know, totally different philosophy would you at least have a plan even if it's a crappy plan i think a bad plan sometimes is better than the no plan and the miami dolphins have have no plan <laughs> they they just think their plan is tanking their plan is let's be so bad that we can get the number one pick and we can draft a quarterback but oops now there's nobody left on the roster Josh, well, at least this will look familiar to josh rosen he can guide them through this because he did it last year oh that poor kid he, he's just like, what? What's? What am I doing? What did I do wrong? With God, what have I done? <laughs> Why are you punishing me this way? Yeah. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, for for all the credit uh, goes to him for for such a great game. But you're playing the Miami Dolphins. Um, he in his post game interview said, "Hey, making fun of his critics that that said maybe he should change positions." He said, "Hey, not bad for a running back, huh?" And I was this close to actually tweeting at a person that I don't know and being one of those guys and talking shit behind my computer, which I didn't do. Give me credit for not doing it, but I almost did because I wanted to tweet at Lamar Jackson about the not bad for running back. Now do an NFL team, Lamar. That, that's good. That's cute. Now, now do that against a, a football team because that wasn't a football team that you did that against. Uh, on Sunday. If that's the best game he's going to have this year, that might be the best game he ever has in his career quarterback wise. Cause that was, there was no effort. Guys are running completely free. He's throwing the ball and there's no defenders anywhere. It's like the defenders went to the concession stand in the middle of the play. That's fine <laughs> that you did that. Give you credit, but good grief. That was just a, the worst effort. Just the worst. Yeah. I remember, I remember not, I remember kind of poo pooing the pick and I'll, I, you know, I don't want to say I'm eating any crow here after week one, but when the, when the Ravens selected Hollywood Brown with that draft pick and they got this burner wide receiver, I'm like, this doesn't really fit their play style. Well, it sure doesn't. Well, nobody covers him. It does against the Dolphins. When nobody covers the guy, everybody looks like a great draft pick. Man. Uh, and it's not I, like I the Raiders get a rough landing this week either. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, it's not like the Ravens are, are exactly uh, getting the tough schedule to start the season here. 
No, pretty light. Pretty light schedule. Uh, pretty light opponent this week. There, there might be a, a double lock uh, on the Ravens coming. I'm not giving yeah, anything but, away. I'm just... But, you know, the, I think the Ravens are getting that, that college football schedule. You know, you get the two cream puffs to start, and then you start <laughs> to get into the conference schedule. Because th- this is what the Ravens are doing. They're, they're, they're playing the... The, the Southern Floridas and the Appalachian <laughs> Valley state here in the first couple of weeks. And then yeah. next week they go to Kansas city. So I think that'll ah. be a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't be talking about not bad for a running back. If he had to start his uh, season against Kansas city, cause he wouldn't have done that. I promise you. Right. So be, you know, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy your, uh, enjoy your time here. Ravens. Uh, you earned it. You put up 59 on, on a bad team. I'm sure that means this week that Brady's going to have to put up 62 because (laughs) (laughs) he can't be outdone, right? He can't be outdone by the Ravens. This is good. Oh yeah. Hold my beer. You know, watch this. That that should be, that should be the, that should be the meme, you know, not bad for a running back with Lamar Jackson on the top half and you got Tom Brady. Hold my beer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. Watch this. Yeah. Not bad. This is not bad for a six-round draft pick. Watch this. Yeah, not bad for a 43-year-old quarterback. <laughs> so, a whole lot of stuff that happened in week one. I don't want to dominate and go down the list. If you have uh, whatever stands out to you, whatever you want to get to and, and, and talk about. Uh, well, you talk about Tom Brady and holding his beer. Uh, boy, that ah. – the, and the, and the Steelers hold its cock. <laughs> yeah, where do where do you start on that one? I mean, is 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 Mike Tomlin Death Watch officially on here? Um, because they got they got their doors blown completely off by the Patriots, a team they usually play at least they play tough and then sort of find a way to lose against. They never even looked like they were ready to start. Uh, this is that preseason week five thing again. I know. But the Patriots came out, the finesse, the timing, everything was there, all, and the Steelers just look completely lost. And as what they they are who we thought they were too. This is what they do against the Patriots offense. For some reason, they go back and forth on their defense and the, trying to figure out which formation they're going to play and, and which kind of coverage they're going to play. And at the end of the day, they wind up laying down and getting steamrolled anyway. They They cannot figure out how to play the Patriots. In their defense, very few teams can figure out how to play the New England Patriots. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. It's, but it's just strange how it's so obvious that they're looking around on almost every play uh, at each other. And they're, they, don't, they don't know what to do. They do. I don't know if it's the coordinator. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's Keith Butler. Uh, I don't know what, what the deal is. Maybe they need some new brain power in there to try to get new ideas, but the Steelers clearly cannot figure out how to play against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And I was just, I was kind of surprised at the reaction to it. Like you, you, people were sort of reacting like this was a, a complete shock and they couldn't believe that the, the Patriots, this is what, this is what they do. This is what they do to the, to, to the Steelers, really what they do to the, the entire league. Uh, but especially Pittsburgh, they, they, they really struggle trying to figure out how to, how to have any kind of coverage against the Patriots. Yeah, they you know the, the Patriots and the timing and the rhythm and everything where where the Steelers have generally just been in sort of a collection of athletes on defense. And yeah, it, it it's not working. There's there's got to be some scheme there and and, and Mike Tomlin supposedly a, a defensive guy and 
he can't unlock the mystery of the uh, New England Patriots. So we'll, I, I'm just curious I, because my, you know, now that Mike Mike Holmgren's gone, I'm now Mike Holmgren, Mike McCarthy's gone. I, uh, and Mike Holmgren. And Mike Holmgren, but no, now definitely now that Mike McCarthy's gone, you know, I, I've got my eye on Mike Tomlin. He he, he might be the next mm-hmm. guy to go. Um, it's very. Uh, I'm going to obviously have to amend my Super Bowl pick now that uh, Nick Foles on a beautiful touchdown pass gets injured for the season. Man, on what on that's, what clearly was rough. a should have been a finable flaggable hit. You were talking about that on Twitter. That that's yeah. uh, the, the point of emphasis from a year or two ago. Apparently, yeah, is no longer a point of emphasis. The, the laying on the quarterback apparently is a okay now. Yeah, we're looking the other way. We're we're focusing on should he challenge pass defense uh, a, a pass interference. <laughs> right. In the last two minutes of the half, should we go to the booth? That's all we're focusing on. We can't focus on yes. more than one thing at a time now. Yes, but putting all your body weight onto a quarterback and breaking his collarbone, very a la Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah. what prompted the rule change doesn't even get right. so much of a doesn't even get so much as a uh, second look on that Nick Foles play. And uh, yeah, I, I don't believe that Gar- Gardner Minshew is going to be leading the Jaguars to the Super Bowl. So I, I obviously will end up having to uh, amend that pick on the other, on the flip side of that, that ball he threw is really pretty. That, that one <laughs> that touchdown pass he threw <laughs> to get them back into that game. I was like, Oh man, I, I'm feeling really good. And then uh, he broke his collarbone. Well, he was feeling good too until he hit the ground. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's hard to not overreact back to overreaction theater uh, to the whooping that Kansas city put on Jacksonville and go, Oh my God, what's wrong with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, that's the MVP. So I, yeah. I, I get and it. It looked like the MVP. There was no yeah. rust there. I think he heard everybody talking about, Hey, you didn't throw a touchdown pass against the Jags last year. <laughs> I think he heard all of that. Yeah. There's uh, another, Oh yeah. Watch oh, this. Yeah. yeah, Watch, that was, yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, if the team needs another humbling, it, it, it's the Jaguars, and they got another one. We'll see if it takes this time. It, it, it hasn't taken so far, but they certainly got another humbling last week and losing uh, their their big signing at quarterback. That, that that's that's tough. That's just no. That was and and that ball that he threw on that touchdown pass on the play when he broke his uh, broke his collarbone was just it was a thing of beauty. It's what they got him for. Somebody who could deliver that deep ball with accuracy, and uh, he got, you know, the receiver got behind that KC defense, and you're thinking, oh yeah, and then all of a sudden the next thing you see is Foles, limp, you know, going off the field with his arm all wrapped up and you know, like kind of tucked against his side, and then they show the replay, and yep, that can only be a few things. And uh, the speculation, I, I was already predicting at work when, the, when we were watching Red Zone, and I was already predicting at work that that was a, a collarbone. And sure enough, right. Dr. Doctor J on the spot here. <laughs> got another yeah, it's one. either that or, or a separated shoulder or yeah. a broken arm, basically. Yeah. So first it was a real rough shot to the ribs that he got hit on when he had the arm extended. So that was underneath his throwing arm. So I was thinking, okay, maybe ribs. But then you see him land the on the other shoulder, and the way that gets – when you see that shoulder go, you know, straight in perpendicular to the ground and the yeah. whole body weight just kind of crunch up against it, that it, it that's not a real tough bone there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, just ask Aaron Rodgers. Those, those things, they tend to give way. Yeah, when the, when the shoulder is the first thing to hit the ground, that that's usually a bad sign. 
Right, and then all, all indicators apparently are this is season ending. Um, I, I never knew of a, of a collarbone being more than 8 to 12 weeks, but I don't think they're going to put him on the, the IR eligible to return. Yeah, this is uh, – they signed somebody uh, to get in there with, with the old Gardner yeah, Minshew. Buster. They signed some buster. <laughs> he, he made such an impression on me, I forgot who he was already. So. Like, I'm sure he was a guy. Some guy. Yeah, that, that's a that's a very, very tough break. Uh, screwed both of us. We both uh, surprised each other by picking the Jaguars to bounce back and win the division this year. And oops, yeah. right. Well, one, and well, right. Out so now, so now I've got, you know, so now I can shock the uh, Colts down a peg because of the Andrew Luck thing. And now the Jags are down a peg. So I guess that just leaves the Texans and the Titans now. <laughs> If you take everybody down a peg, then that leaves somebody standing up. I don't know if it's going to be yeah. another eight and eight and eight division champ like we've had before with that yeah. division, but uh, that that might be something that happens. Yeah. Yeah, and I used the description last week very fittingly, and I will uh, have to go on record here now as saying that Matt Patricia is the biggest ass clown coach in the NFL. He's pretty bad. He's I pretty mean, bad. yes. How do you blow? a lead the way they blew that lead against a rookie quarterback making his first ever start with a 75 year old wide receiver, uh, <laughs> making, you know, catching all these 40 yard bombs. I mean, it was just ridiculous what the lions allowed the, the Cardinals to do to, to get back into that game and then, but the t- and then have it end in a tie. But the, the timeout, that's the, 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 the killer for that situation. The, the the timeout that the Lions call on third down when they're trying to put the game away, and for some unknown reason, Daryl Bevel, uh, in his first year on the job, his first game, was up, and, and he's already fucked something up, and he just got there. Uh, so he, he's having a, a hell of a distinguished career. Daryl uh, <laughs> Bevel in play calling. Uh, Man. He, he's not one of these guys who gets a, ever gets a pass. Daryl Bevel never gets a pass for play calling after – after that Super Bowl call. Yeah, for anyone who didn't see it, uh, the Lions have still have the lead. They're in the middle of blowing it, but they still have the lead in the fourth quarter, and they're trying to run out the clock. And Matthew Stafford completed a third down pass that would have that uh, given the Lions a first down and, and enabled them to run the clock out. However, a split second before he completed that pass, Daryl Bevel ran down the sideline. He saw something he didn't like or other, something or other, and, and called timeout. Uh, not even Matt Patricia, who's you know blowing the game on his own terms, but Daryl Bevel runs down and, and gets in front of Matt Patricia and, and is able to signal the referee for a timeout. And Detroit then goes on to throw an incompletion, giving Arizona the ball back, and Kyler Murray completes the comeback with the touchdown and the two-point conversion. And they go into overtime, get a couple field goals, uh, one for each side, and winds up ending in the kiss your sister tie. Yeah, that was uh, – you cannot – uh, feel good about that. I don't even remember if this is on the air or off, but that's a loss, or that's a tie, rather, for the Lions. That feels worse than if they'd have just lost the game, to me. Yes. Because you look at that, you, that that one is going to stand out in the in the, in the the column uh, all year. That that and one on the side there is going to just be there, no matter what. No matter what your record is from this point, it's going to be that and one, and it's just going to yeah. keep reminding you every year, like, oh, yeah, that oh, that bullshit. What we yeah, we get to revisit 15 in the fourth quarter and found a way to Right. We get to revisit that this week with uh Vikings Packers, which was the week two game last year 
where the Packers blew the huge fourth quarter lead. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the nobody could kick a field goal. You know, the Vikings kicker missed four kicks in that game, ends up getting cut. And then that game ends up going to a 29-29 overtime tie. Being at that game, I can tell you, it definitely was an odd feeling. But that was another prime example of a, of a, of a win that turns into a tie but feels like a loss. Yeah. It almost feels worse than a loss because you had it. It was right there for you. Yeah. And then in the overtime, both teams had the win and, you know, the Vikings couldn't make a field goal to save their lives. The Packers get into field goal range and then conveniently get sacked out of field goal range and have just terrible play to knock them out. So then they have to punt and and yeah, just really awful, awful. Uh, feeling being at a tie game, I couldn't imagine what it was like. I mean, these Cardinals fans must have thought they just won the Super Bowl. Is this like the Browns <laughs> when they had that tie against the Steelers? In they had that opened the season last year. Yeah, and that was sort of the thing that propelled them to not sucking. We didn't lose. Yay! We didn't lose. Finally. Yeah, that's a, I'm sure the Cardinal fans were plenty pumped. Like, oh, Kyler Murray's going to be awesome. Yeah, they got to ignore the first three quarters where he looked like complete shit. Yeah, is he t- is he Tim Tebow? Oh no! Oh, I overreaction theater is Kyler Murray the next Tim Tebow? Well, we'll find. <laughs> well, he gets to play the Baltimore Ravens on the road this week, so we shall see. Good luck, kid. Yeah, go go get him. Yeah, I, John Harbaugh. I don't think I've ever used the words John Harbaugh and ass clown in the same sentence. <laughs> Like I'm going to all year for Matt Patricia. I may oh, not even so. call him by his name. I just may call him Ass Clown the rest of the year now. <laughs> we may have our first new nickname of the year. Ass Clown with a pencil in his ear. Uh, uh, so, uh, and a, speaking and of his blown, golf cart or ATV that he rides around on all the time. We had a couple of blown game situations. Uh, we had that. We had the Jets being up sixteen nothing and losing somehow to Project and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, That's just. But I, I believe I Jets had being that the Jets. one. <laughs> <laughs> had, we both had the Bills, right? We did. They, they yes. came back and had it for us. Not only that, but I had uh, I had your fantasy uh, updates for you. Uh, I, I had Deshaun Jackson going crazy uh, for the right, Eagles. Yeah. And I had John Brown going off with his speed for Buffalo, and that was the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Uh, we'll ignore the fact that the throw from Project was awful and probably should have been intercepted. Uh, hey, John Brown made the play. That's all that counts. Win's a win. Can't take it away. Win's a win. Oh, Jets, same old Jets. Uh, yeah, there was, there was some karma in Washington, uh, not just uh, – uh, in Philadelphia with the the Redskins, not just with uh, Deshaun Jackson going off on on the on the Redskins, which I had figured he would, but uh, Jay Gruden deactivating all day Adrian Peterson before the game starts. You got this old guy on your roster, uh, and Jay Gruden makes the decision. I don't I don't I don't need him. I got I'm good. I got I got Darius Geis. I'm gonna have him just go crazy for me, and and he's gonna do all the what. Uh, Oh no! Oh no! And Darius guys puts up uh, ten carries for eighteen yards and tears up his knee, and that'll be about it for Darius guys. So uh, the comments, the funniest thing about that to me is the comments that Jay Gruden was making about deactivating 
Adrian Peterson, and I don't have the direct comment, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, if we're going to line up in the I formation 50 times, and yeah, I'll use them then, but we're not going to do that. And it's like, okay, you and your your GM uh, got to get together. You and Bruce Allen need to, to hash out some things. So it sounds like some hurt feelings there. It's, it, it sounded like, you know, where did the bad man touch you? There, there's some things going on underneath there, and they need to, to get that together because they're clearly not on the same page. Uh, it, it sounds like Jay Gruden doesn't want anything to do with, with Adrian Peterson, and I, and that's, I find that odd. I mean, uh, Adrian Peterson ran for a thousand yards for you last year. He showed he he still had some some put some juice in his legs, and and for Jay Gruden to sort of treat him like that, that's another uh, situation where the players I don't want to say revolt, but they were making some noise like uh, we're not cool with that. We we don't know why you would treat a respected veteran like that, but but we're not down with that. So that's another coach watch here in, in Washington. Yeah, and that one's been uh, sort of stewing for a while, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that ends up uh, all going. But uh, questionable decision making in Washington with the starting quarterback. I did not understand the. Is it Case Keenum starting? Uh, Cody Kessler. That is, is one of them C quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was bad. It's not Colt McCoy. It's, it's not Colt McCoy. You know, it's not yeah. Cody Kessler. It's Case Keenum. I think it's Case Keenum. So. Uh, yeah, not going with their number one pick, not just letting Haskins go out there and and do his time and learn and take his lumps, which might be the best thing for him. I'm sure he learned a lot in that game, like how to get a lead and blow it. <laughs> that was I'm yeah. sure that was good good useful information for him. Yeah, now the Eagles looked like that team. The Eagles were the team I was the least surprised to see sort of wake up after halftime because they're way too good. Right. You no, know, that, so that the, was, that the was quite impressive that, too. The first half for the Eagles, I believe, was uh, preseason, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then the halftime speech and they got their heads out of their asses and they came out and they actually remembered that they were the vastly better team and uh, yes. came all the way back and even had that cover for us. They had gotten all the way up by 12 before they finally gave up that touchdown really late. I mean, that was probably a minute or less to go. They gave yes. up that touchdown. Yeah. So that's just one of those where it's like, yeah, of course they did. Uh, and that reminded me of the uh, other situation in that division of a younger quarterback sitting and watching the older quarterback get the start as uh, Daniel Jones watches Eli Manning go out for the New York Giants yeah. and get absolutely destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that one, by the way. That 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 was one of the yeah, two I that you I that got day. on you. That was one of the two that I got back on you in the afternoon. Uh, to at least by the, going into Sunday night, I had gotten back to even by virtue of the uh, Cowboys and Niners covers. But wow, the Giants looked bad. That was uh, that was atrocious. That the Giants D looked absolutely atrocious. Uh, and again, on the overreaction theater, a lot of people in the media this week giving credit to uh, installing the backup quarterback, Kellen Moore, as the OC in Dallas, as the offensive coordinator now. And that made all the difference. Oh, look at the, the Dallas Cowboys now with Kellen Moore running the uh, offense. I mean, that looked like about the same offense. I'm, maybe I'm not as, as educated in football as some of these guys are, but uh, that looked like let's run uh, the, the big stud quarterback that we gave all the money to, Zeke Elliott. And let him get his five yards. Nobody can stop that. Um, and then once that's established, let's set up some play action and, and go deep to the to the receivers. That, that kind of looked like it, the way it always looked. 
the, the Cowboys like are who we thought they were. Game plan. Yeah, it looks like a pretty solid game plan no matter uh, who the coach is. Establish the run, play action, and go deep. Isn't that what I think every team is trying to do in the NFL? In some way, shape, or form, I would think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Cowboys looked like they had their shit together, um, but they were playing a extremely limited opponent. Um, in the Giants, the Giants with no pass rush, that offensive line of the Cowboys just mauled the front the front four of the Giants for that whole game. Uh, and it's what you typically expect with that big O line in Dallas. Zeke uh, had big holes to run through, and Dak had all day to throw. Yeah, Dak usually a, re- this is a usually a recipe for success is <laughs> when when you can get those <laughs> yeah. two things. Yeah. When I crash down on Dak Prescott, as I am want to do, and say that he's not a franchise quarterback, I do that recognizing and knowing that he has games like this every now and then. He has had games before where he looks incredible and is, is accurate and is on time and you know usually goes with him being well protected. But the fact is, he, he, he does have games like that. I don't want him as my starting quarterback of my particular franchise I have a higher standard than he has some games like this every now and then I, I think you should aspire for more than he has a couple games like this a year and that should that should be good enough I, I want more than that that's just me right and and again with this with this now with this sort of this mood now that it's preseason week five and I think all the extremes get covered more where bad teams look really bad and the good teams look like superstar teams where there's going to be sort of a regression to the mean here. I I don't believe that the Cowboys are as great as they looked against the Giants. Are the Giants that bad? Eh, probably. Mm, yeah. Probably. There's teams that look bad that are just bad. Um, there are some teams that look bad that I don't think are as bad as they looked. Um, I, I don't think Jacksonville's defense is going to give up 40 every week. I don't think Atlanta's nearly as bad as they looked against the Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins they better figure out how to protect Mighty Ice, though, or they're going to well, keep looking that bad. That's his move. That <laughs> his move is to uh, get sacked. Uh, that, 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 that's the Matt. That's the uh, Matt Ryan special. Matty Ice special tough spot. That was a tough spot for them on the road, and boy, they just they just they weren't ready. They they did not have it. That looked like a team that didn't have a whole lot of reps together in the preseason. Yeah, that was one that you gave me. I, I was uh, I was respecting the Minnesota defense on that. I, I figured they would uh, have an effort at home to open the season, but I didn't know they were going to do yeah. quite that that well. If the Vikings, if, if Kirk Cousins only has to throw the ball ten times, it means you're <laughs> limiting Kirk Cousins' exposure. That's a good thing. That's yeah, great. That's that's John DiFilippo uh, finding a way to protect Kirk Cousins. Only let him throw ten times. That's awesome. Yes. Great coaching out he's of gonna him. Be, he's going to get the Chris Winky treatment. <laughs> seven he's times and Delvin. that's it, son. Yeah, he's going to throw the ball seven times, and the rest of the game is going to be Delvin Cook just taking you the direct what? snaps. That would be a winning plan. You like that? You like that? That would be a way to have your team to have a lot of success if you can keep doing that. If Delvin Cook oh, can stay healthy, man. of course. So, yeah, so that game was, uh, that game was pretty much uh, – you know, that was Atlanta looking woefully unprepared and uh, the Vikings coming out at home. You know, you saw a few teams that were at home that just took care of business because they were playing teams in, in those types of situations. 
like the Cowboys, the Vikings did it very similarly. The Patriots definitely did it that way. Um, Ooh boy. The one that didn't, and the one that I think, well, obviously we won the we won the the Raiders pick. Of course we did. We don't need to say much about it. You just whatever you think the expected outcome is on that second Monday night game, bet the opposite, and you'll make a lot of money. We told um, y'all Monday night goofiness. We told you. But the Texans losing the game the way they lost that game against the Saints oh. again, playing the prevent yourself to winning defense. They did this last year in a game against the Colts where they let Andrew Luck uh, just sort of you know, waltz right down the field on them in a game they had un- in control and it ended up costing them. And here they are, they, they, they've got the lead. Everything's taken care of. They're going to win the game and just keep Drew Brees out of field goal range. And it was almost like they'd <laughs> let them into field goal range. It was, that was painful. Booger McFarland may yeah, he called have to uh, get some, some gifts for those guys uh, because he called it. It made him look like a, a great and prescient uh, color commentator. Uh, it put him on the map. Everyone was praising how he pointed it out and, and saw what was going on before uh, everything happened. That's ridiculous. Why in the blue hell do you have two safeties playing 25 yards behind the play on a, when, when there's less than 10 seconds left in the game? And what they do they 10 think yards. Drew Reed is going to do? Yeah, and they needed 10 yards. With a timeout, and they had a timeout. Yeah, were they afraid Breeze was going to bomb it on them with ten seconds left and risk <laughs> running the entire clock out? No, he's not going to do that, you idiots! What are you doing? That, that, that's just ridiculous. That's yeah. Uh, Romeo Cornell uh, did not have his his best game plan. He, he did not have his head on straight playing defense like that. And, and that's almost a situation where the players need to maybe have situational awareness and kind of take it on their own and play up closer and just say, no, no, we're not. Why are we playing back here? There's nothing's going to happen back here. There's no time. There's no time for Drew Brees to go deep like that. Cause if he doesn't, it's incomplete. The game's over. Cause it's cause the clock's going to run out. Even though he has right. a timeout left, he, he still can't take that chance. You know, he can't take that chance. I, right. I, was, just, I was completely befuddled why they would do that. Well, and completely, uh, completely overriding that total that that effort by the Texans. The Texans deserve to win that game. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Will again, Fuller the, uh the Saints. Will Fuller may one. have had our play of the year already. <laughs> that catch that Will Fuller made oh, that was over a, an obviously interfering Eli Apple, even though it didn't get called. Yeah, um he, he was there early, yep. It was a little early. <laughs> a little because he didn't just catch the ball. He also caught Eli Apple. Um <laughs> yes. but that, that uh, you know, but Will Fuller uh, stunningly actually got up from that play. Because that's usually the way it rolls for Will Fuller, right? Yep, it makes the big play and then has to be stretchered off the field. Right. Yeah, he's like the Aaron Rowan uh, example. <laughs> or you know, he's, he's one of those baseball center fielders, you know, the, the Adam Eaton, the grindy type guy that just goes out there and, and just lays his body out on the line to make the stunning catch and that he's injured for eight weeks. I'm going to leave it all out on the field. And there's a yeah. trail of blood. He, yeah, he left it but all as, out on the as field. Long as, right. the, as, long as, the Texans, as long as the Texans have that full complement of wide receivers, uh, they're dangerous. No running game, though. Carlos Hyde, this. He, I, I was surprised that at, the, at the burst that he actually showed a couple of times. That was actually something I was somewhat impressed yeah. with. No, it's, it's a, a, sim- a little similar to the Falcons. It's, again, if you can't protect your quarterback, you can't do anything. 
It's, no, you, you, no. You bring in Laramie sacks. Tunsil, and and yeah. he he's just as bad as anyone else that you had. And it's week one, so I'll, I'll give him a pass for that. But he was yeah. he wasn't good. He had a bad game, and so did the rest no. of that offensive line. And uh, six more sacks that he took. Uh, you yeah. know, Sean Watson got sacked six more times against the Saints front uh, front seven. So, oh, we'll see. So I, I guess before we get into the picking games here of week two, we should talk a little bit about week two. Because now we've had two weeks to watch Cam Newton, and oh man, Uh-oh. is Cam Ooh, Newton boy. done? Is he just done? I'm not even going to say is it, what's wrong with Cam Newton. I'm not going to pull the ESPN bit. Uh, Cam looks <laughs> done. Mm. Now I'm done. Uh, that, that's a that's a fair question. It, it, we can't answer it at this moment because the season just started. And he just got off a of shoulder surgery. I was reading Peter King's uh, Football Morning in America column, and he was pointing out, uh, of course, he writes that on Monday. So this was three days before the Thursday night game in which Cam Newton looked so terrible and, and the Panthers lost to the Buccaneers. But he was pointing out, hey, just had shoulder surgery, Cam Newton did. And this is the first game was Sunday, and then the second game is going to be three days later, and that'll be a real good barometer of how quickly his arm is bouncing back and, and what it looks like. And the verdict is it ain't bouncing back too good. He, he looked really, really bad out there. He looked very inaccurate. Uh, he was trying like hell to, to lead his team back to, to win that game. But it just, it, every throw was going the wrong way. It was either behind his receiver in front of him or, or short hop. It was just, it was anywhere except where it was supposed to be. And that's, uh, that's very, uh, scary to, to think that he's not going to be the Cam Newton that uh, was an MVP a few years ago. That, that Cam might be completely gone. Um, the the throwing, like I said, I think I'm going to give him a little time because he just got off a of shoulder surgery, and, and we'll see later on in the year if it, if it looks any better. But right now it looks terrible. What I'm almost more concerned with is – they're taking away the the Superman part of him as well. And so that last play that I know you were watching and I, and I know you remember it, the last offensive play for Carolina fourth and whatever a foot where Cam Newton, obviously two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, that's obvious clearly going to be Cam Newton is going to take that ball and put it wherever he wants to put it because he's Cam Newton and you can't stop him. Uh, And instead they run the, what a fake Philly special to, to Christian McCaffrey who gets stoned and taken out of bounds and, and turn over on downs and the game's over. Uh, that's really frightening to me that they're not even going to let Cam Newton do what Cam Newton, what made Cam Newton an MVP, which was he was always his own goal line back. And he was always the guy that if you needed a yard, he was going to get it because nobody was going to stop him. And if they're not even going to let him do that for fear of him being too, uh, fragile and, and not lasting throughout the season. That's a different guy. That's a different quarterback. That's not the Cam Newton that we know. Uh, and combined with the arm troubles, that that really does spell trouble for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady just sneaks that every time, right? Doesn't Drew Brees just do that little uh, little pussy hop over the top every time and just like yeah, hold the ball out there? I mean he's four foot eleven, so he has to like leap over everybody. Yeah. He can't just stick the ball over. But yeah, but nobody stops that play. Nobody stops that little Drew Brees hop. Nobody thinks to just swat the ball out of his hand as he's reaching it out either. But, um, yeah, Brady would sneak that. Brees would jump over. And, you know, Cam Newton's, you know, what, 6'6", 270, 280. He can't just bowl his way for a foot. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy. They wouldn't even let him try to do it. it just yeah. unimaginable a few years ago that that wouldn't be the the play call. Yeah, and I just couldn't. I could not imagine what what Polish Twitter must have been like after the game with all the uh, cultural appropriation going on for Cam Newton rocking the babushka. <laughs> Auntie Cam is, what I believe, was trending oh, on, on Twitter. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what what <laughs> Polish Twitter is like, but man. <laughs> That was, um, I, I was. I saw that. I was like, man, that's some. That's some. That's some. That's some shit. My grandma used to wear <laughs> stuff like that. That's some cultural appropriation right there. Uh, there's that. There's, there's the, the black. The black auntie. There, there's a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of memes for for that wardrobe. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna collection. have to go get my making babushkas great again hat. <laughs> Send one to Cam. You know what? You're just not as fashionable as Cam Newton. That's all. That I'm definitely, definitely not as as fashionable as Cam Newton. I don't think I've ever in my life worn a babushka. <laughs> that was uh, no, I not haven't. even for Halloween. No, I. You know what? I may have taken one of my mom's old head scarves one time, trying to imitate <laughs> Randy Macho Man Savage or something like that, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that Cam was uh, honoring the Macho Man. He wasn't honoring him. No, it didn't quite look like that. No, yeah, yeah. It, it, if he was, was he would have been snapping into a Slim Jim. Ooh, yeah. Um, so I was looking at the uh, experts on on this site, uh, NFLPickWatch.com. Oh, sure. And, and I, I feel about it. I'm not I'm not looking at the fan section with all the, the 15 and 1s and 14 and 2s. A random Again, guy who goes 14 and 2. Yeah. Get to, uh, hat tip to you. Good job. Nice, nice yeah, good done. job, Rando. <laughs> See what your record is in November. Yes. Uh, among the the people that are considered experts, uh, all the media people that are, are members of this site, the best last week, the best guy. There's only one guy with 11 wins. There was someone named Case Kiefer uh, who went 11 and five, and then there were f- uh, f- uh, five guys went 10 and uh, won 10 games, 10 and seven, 10 and six. Some people didn't pick the uh, the the opening game, the Thursday nighter. Sure. Uh, but eleven and five, ten and seven, ten and six. I I feel better. I feel better about seven and nine, six and ten. It's not so bad. That's you know all these experts, and not too many of them were too much better than than five hundred for that first week. So that, that's that's yeah. good. And we were easily on the wrong side of three winnable picks. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, but there, but there was a lot of things in week one. Like I said, that that were kind of predictable. But there's a lot of things that never seen coming uh, because it was exhibition week five. So, you know, just things that you just kind of throw it out and say, yeah, it happened and, and you move on. But this is the beautiful thing. Week two officially is the second least favorite week of our whole year, right? I believe week 17 would be our least favorite week. The week that's so random we pick against a coin. Yes. have no week, idea what's happening. Week, seven. week, week two is, we really get to deal theater. with the frustration. Do we overreact to what we saw last week? Do we stick to our guns and ignore what we thought about last week and, you know, go with more of what we thought those teams were going to be? Yeah. Tough. You know, what teams are desperate not to go 0-2? Uh, okay. <laughs> you know. 
they always put up the stat, you know, if you don't, if you go 0 and 2, you've only got a 12.7 percent chance, blah blah blah, to make the playoffs. But you're going to have at least eight 0 and roughly eight to ten 0 and 2 teams. That means that one of these teams that goes 0 and 2 is almost statistically guaranteed to go to the playoffs. So just shut the hell up. It is tougher. That's that's what they're saying. It is harder. It's, absolutely, it's tougher. But it gets played out so much. We have a team go zero and so five much. a couple of years ago and make the playoffs. <laughs> that's right. Didn't the, was it the Chiefs? It's the Chiefs, of course. Yeah. Who, who else? But well, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you, you would know. <laughs> I have a very long storied history with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that love picks. hate relationship, mostly hate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is a, a tough week. Uh, you, you, like you said, do you want to double down on your sort of preseason assessments of these teams, or do you want to believe what your eyes told you in week one? But can you believe that? Was that just just an aberration? Everyone's entitled to a bad week. Uh, which way do you go? Uh, yeah, it can it can kind of drive you a little crazy. Uh, my picks were, uh, I'd say about half and half. I say half these games I knew who I wanted pretty much immediately and yep. the other half I had, I had to sort of think and grind it out yeah and I think I did that this week too I think I tried to stay as true to what I thought of teams before the season started and as much as I could I, I'm, I'm I've got one pick this week without spoiling it where I'm going uh already I'm getting cute I definitely got one this week where I have a team to win um but not cover and uh, on a very thin margin here. So we'll see if I can pull that one out. <laughs> well, you might already have the same getting, ones. Already, already getting cute, cute in week two. That's not a good sign. <laughs> I believe There's also a, couple a potential, games, uh, uh, potential like Elvis that. game staring at us this week on the schedule. We'll see. Are you, are you talking about the, uh, the, the, the big spread that everyone's been talking about all week? You think, that's a, you think that might be a trap? I think it's a potential trap. We'll see. Ooh. Interesting. It's a trap. All right. Before we get to week two and the second half of our football party, let me do the plugs real quick. Of course, you're listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That is the only place to listen to us live is on a website. We are not on the radio. I just get that question every now and then. Oh, your radio show. What station are you on? No, no, it's not a station. It's the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. This whole show will be available as a podcast after we're done recording it. Uh, and there may be some bonus coverage uh, on that after the live show is over. Uh, to get this show as a podcast, come back to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. Or go sign up on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and subscribe to the show. Just search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, or go to your favorite podcast app or website, wherever that may be, and we may be on there. We may not be, but we may be on there. If they have class and dignity, we are on their website. Uh, you want to communicate with the show via email, you can send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. You can follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. And all of our picks are always up on our blog. Uh, that'll also be going up after the show is over. These week two picks will be available on our blog site, and that site is in much less detail And with that, it's time for some overreaction here in week two, where we decide: do we love these teams that look so great, or do we not love them? Do we want to believe in them? Do we not want to believe with them? Do we want to give a chance to some of these teams that look like complete shit? 
Yeah, and, and and honestly, this is definitely not a radio show because this is a show on the radio. We'd have sponsors, and those sponsors would have abandoned us long ago. <laughs> Long, long time ago. It, we'd have something. We'd have some sort of break where we wouldn't have just gone an hour, and now we're looking at another hour and hoping our voices can hold up. But this is the football yeah. party, so we're, we're, we're still swinging. And That's okay. I'm glad for... I hit my mute button here because I took a sip of water, and I don't know if it, like, don't know if it, you know, something went down the wrong way. I'm sitting here, like, for the last 30 seconds, I was just, like, hacking and coughing while you were going through oh. all the plugs there. So, yeah, that was – thank God for the mute button. <laughs> Oh, I was I was filibustering just in time. It was perfect timing. Yeah. Man. No, thank you. Because <laughs> then I would have tried to have talked, and all the water would have come spilling out. Now, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been a present pretty sight. Uh, all right, you ready? Ah, uh, yeah. It's week two. I mean, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's a slogan. Week two. Oh man. All right, we are uh, once again eschewing uh, highlight games and just going straight down the list, and we'll talk about each game as much as it deserves. Or as little. Or (laughs) as little, in in some cases. And we will start with tomorrow, Minnesota and Green Bay. We're going to have a lot to say about that one. That's up there in your neck of the woods in Wisconsin. Uh, As you were already mentioning, the rematch of the game last year, which ended in a 29-29 tie that you attended live. You won't be at this one tomorrow, will you? No, 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 not at all. Okay. All right. I don't know if I could take it again. <laughs> Another potential tie. Uh, the home opener for the Packers after their impressive opening night win on Thursday against the Bears. Um, and the Vikings, of course, also won to know after their impressive victory over the Falcons. Uh, the Vikings are two and a half point dogs, not three. They They get some money put on them. So two and a half point dogs at the Packers. Yeah, I'm looking at my picks here. It's nice that I've got my picks here on the pick watch site that I can look at and just sort of reference versus having to keep going back and forth between the, my phone. So now I've got them right in front of me on the computer screen. Uh, looking go. at non, on the pick watch site, they have the uh, Packers giving three. So yeah, their I, spreads I, I think are stale. I don't think they update them through the week. Yeah, well, I, I I took the Packers with the three, which means I'm obviously taking them at two and a half because that 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 hook always feels like a gift when it's going the other way away from the home team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has uh, somewhat dominated the Vikings statistically during his career, and even last year on what was virtually a one leg performance. Um, had lit up the Vikings secondary up all the way up until the point of that fourth quarter when the Packers defense just completely collapsed at home and the secondary couldn't cover anybody. Adam Thielen made a catch in traffic that to this day I still cannot believe. Um, they needed two-point conversions, touchdowns. They needed a whole lot of things to go right. I'm going to say the Packers defense looks like it's a slight upgrade over what it was last year. I'm not just going completely off of that performance on uh, last week on Thursday, but with 10 days of rest, nobody's really banged up or injured. Um, what they did to the Bears on the road in that opening scenario, especially after the Bears came out looking really hot, like the Bears looked like they were just going to steamroll the Packers in that game, and all they could muster with that offense was three points. Uh, So that was a huge effort from the Packers defense. I think that's enough to hold them uh, above the Vikings here and give them a win by uh, two and a half or more. Uh, So I'm definitely going to take the Packers here and give the points. uh, You know, Kirk Cousins is going to give the ball to the Packers probably at least twice. 
he tried to multiple times in that game last year uh, that were negated on penalties uh, with the Clay Matthews being casually late to the party, laying on quarterbacks, which, which which became his new move last year, which I think is why the Packers parted ways with him. So I, I think that the Packers have enough defense. Their offense, uh, Aaron Rodgers, should get right this week. I'm going to take the Packers at home. Whatever you may think of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense, Aaron Rodgers should need more than one good drive to win this fucking game tomorrow, I would think, right? It, 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 one drive, that's all he needed to, to beat Mitch Trubisky and, and that whatever yeah. the, the Chicago Bears are trying to do. I don't know. I still don't know what they were uh, attempting to go for there. Um, but he should need more than one good drive, and the, the Vikings defense can bring some heat, so they're going to make it difficult on him. Um, however, I'm uh, I'm looking at a very improving team defense. Here we go with overreaction theater. You uh, you were hyping that defense before the season even began, and they looked very good uh, in in week one uh, against the Bears. Uh, improved defense with ten days rest, and they're opening at home uh, versus a sometimes skittish quarterback in in, in Mr. Cousins. Um, I will concur with you and, and take the Packers and give the two and a half. Uh, feeling even better about it uh, that I don't have to give the three. Yeah, it's definitely uh, smelling pushy. Uh, you know, every, every, we love smelling pushy, but uh, <laughs> definitely don't have to worry about it now. Two and a half, we don't have to worry about it. The Packers can kick a field goal off. I think they've got this game by by definitely more than three. Yeah, I, I can see it by double digits, actually. Uh, moving on to Seattle and Pittsburgh. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, you almost want to say that it's a re- bit of a redemption attempt for both teams, even though the Seahawks are 1-0. But that's how unimpressive they looked at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they pulled out the victory. And, of course, the Steelers uh, with their egg that they laid, and that's Mike Tomlin's uh, word. He described it as laying an egg, what they did against the New England Patriots. And it's, it's a very apt description. Uh, I think that's very accurate. Despite that, Seattle is still a three and a hook, three and a half point underdog at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I sort of reluctantly am taking the Steelers here in this pick. I don't believe that the you know, the Steelers ran into their nemesis and and were unable to handle their business. And it was on the road, and the Patriots were just you know they, they raised the banner, they probably got their rings, everything was not, it was just not a good night for the Steelers on the road. They get to go back home. They're playing a team that traditionally does not travel. East very well, um, so they're leaving the twelfth man. They're going to Pittsburgh. It's going to be the home opener in Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's offense is going to be limited to three points. Um, Andy Dalton shredded, I mean, absolutely <laughs> shredded that Seattle secondary, and, and, and without AJ Green. So I have a feeling that Ben Roethlisberger may be able to find some holes. Maybe I don't. Hopefully, we're not back into Legion of Room territory here. But this this isn't a good bounce back spot for Seattle after barely holding off the Bengals to have to go on the road to play to face a pissed off Pittsburgh team. So I definitely am going to take the Steelers, give the points. Uh, this does not feel like a, a terribly close game to me. Ooh, um, I've vacillated on this pick. This does feel like a close pick to me because the Steelers defense uh, looked so inept against the Patriots that Russ Wilson can play action to the Seahawks all day into Pittsburgh being 0-2. I think um, I, I can easily see it going that way. Um, and looking at it the other way, what can Pittsburgh do against Seattle's defense? You really did cover that end of it, that uh, the Seahawks 
secondary looked uh, like they definitely took a step back uh, against Cincinnati and the Steelers can bounce back and, and put up some big yardage on them. Uh, my leaning factor is going to be that the Pittsburgh Steelers historically in the big Ben era in the Ben Roethlisberger uh, era, after a 20 point loss, their record is eight and one. The Steelers get back when they get their ass kicked, they do get up and wipe their blood off their face and they do normally get back up. Now, a lot of that was with Antonio Brown, but not all. Uh, so they have to do it without a B, but they've done it before. Um, and I'm going to concur with you. I think Mike Tomlin uh, gets into them and, and lights, lights a fire and the Steelers come out and cover the three and a half in their home opener and, and show a lot better effort than what they did against the, uh, the Patriots. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a fair assessment. I don't think the Steelers are in this situation here are going to want to go to 0-2 either. Exactly. Uh, we will move on to Jacksonville and Houston in AFC South action. The Jags at 0-1 and, oh, poor Nick Foles. Already after one game is on the shelf, so the, the big free agent acquisition goes down. Jacksonville steps uh, to their backup quarterback, the rookie Gardner Minshew, which sounds like a Division II basketball program out of suburban St. Louis or something, but that's their guy. That's who they're going with. Um, and they go into Houston, uh, who started 0-1, but should have started 1-0, if not for a, a 94-yard field goal to win the game. Uh, despite that, the Jaguars are nine-point underdogs with their backup quarterback at the Houston Texans. Yeah, we've already watched one quarterback uh leave due to injury and I fear for the other I fear for the <laughs> Texans quarterback yeah. um Deshaun Watson I, I I especially against the Jaguars defense that I don't think is as bad as as Patrick Mahomes made them look last week Patrick Mahomes makes a lot of teams look bad so we'll see uh, how bad the Jacksonville defense really is but against that Houston Texans offensive line that the Saints just completely dominated I I fear for Deshaun Watson here that, that front seven of the Jaguars is going to be getting after it. I think that's going to be enough to kind of keep this game close, even, even with Gardner Min, Minshew out there. <laughs> um, Leonard Fournette is still healthy, making plays. They, you know, they still put 26 points up. Yes, it was against a, a piss-poor Kansas City defense. But, you know, they still were able to go out there and produce. Minshew actually did play. If you look at the statistics, he played high. He, was, he, he wasn't terrible. And I think that there are going to be some opportunities here for the Jags to turn the Texans over or put them in some bad field position situations because of the sack. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Deshaun Watson's, you know, booties on the ground eight to ten times in this game. The Jags are going to get after him. They may even sell out to go after him, which could open up some deep play opportunities, but I don't think they're going to quit coming after him the whole game. And I think that's enough to keep this within nine. Yeah, the Texans uh, offensive line they 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 didn't gel. <laughs> the protection did whatever <laughs> no. whatever chemistry issues uh, that they had they did not gel very well week one. And they better gel in week two, uh, or else it's going to be more of the same. That's that's for sure. The Jacksonville may return back to Saxonville if they don't. Uh, on the other side, if Kansas City and and Pat Mahomes didn't humble Jalen Ramsey and the Jags, uh, New Hopkins might humble them because he can do some damage as well as we all know uh this one we're gonna see differently and i'm uh not just gonna base it on uh, uh nick Foles' injury but for week two the, the 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 number of 
important starter players that the Jaguars are not going to have for this game. This is a almost breathtaking list for just week two. Of course, Nick Foles, uh, left tackle Cam Robinson, out. Wide receiver Marquise Lee, out. On the defensive end, uh, one of my favorite players, Yannick Ngakwe, get after the quarterbacks, out. Uh, one of my favorite cornerbacks, A.J. Boye, out. The, this is real early to have so many guys out in week two, and I think it's just bad timing for the Jaguars to have all those guys out and to have a, a rookie stepping in and making his first start. I understand he put up some good numbers last week under the under the gun coming in, but I think we see that before. We've seen that through the years. Somebody comes in in the second half or something due to injury and, and puts up a number because it's sort of the – the shock of the situation and they just go in and they, they don't have time. To panic. They just go out and play. It's, it's you got to go now kid. Um, and then once they get a week to sort of realize the, the enormity of the situation, they don't come back and play quite as well uh, in week two. And with JJ Watt, maybe breathing down his neck, this is probably a chance for him to sort of realize the enormity of the situation and not play as well. So I got, I'm going with a feeling I'm not locking it or anything, but I'm, I think Houston, uh, and coming off of that crazy loss to New Orleans game that they should have won, I think they might be a little fired up, and I think they're going to step on the Jaguars and, and put a hurting on them. Okay. To the Niners and the Bengals, I'm sure we won't have nearly as much to say about this one. Uh, San Fran started out with a win at Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston doing his Winston things, throwing the game away to them. Um, and Cincinnati, uh, as we mentioned, with an impressive showing uh, in defeat at Seattle. San Fran is only a one-point underdog in this game at the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, see, the Niners start off last week going on the road as a one-point dog to Tampa, and, and they rolled them up pretty effectively. Um, I, I don't know how easy it's going to be to go east twice in back-to-back weeks. The Bengals' offense, hey, they, they showed me a little. They, they, they were able to make plays without A.J. Green, which I was completely stunned by. Joe Mixon uh, was able to get some things done on the ground. Uh, this John Ross kid was able to make some plays in the passing game. They even threw a little trickeration out there. There was a flea flicker in that game. Um, so the, the Bengals clearly know that they are not firing, you know, with, with all their weapons right now. Um, it sounds like there also might be some trouble in paradise out there in San Francisco. It doesn't sound like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not exactly getting the biggest vote of confidence uh, from his GM. So I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes, if there's like a work ethic situation or going, because the results have been there so far for him, as long as he could stay on the field. Um, last year, uh, they had been okay before he got injured. And that was right after that sort of meteoric start. That they end, uh, I mean, end they had the season before where they, won five out of the last six games, but uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Bengals here in their home opener uh, against a team that's been traveling a whole lot to start the season. Yeah. That's an interesting call there. Uh, I think this is sort of overreaction apex theater with this particular game. Is Jimmy Garofalo done? Is he that bad? Is he horrible? Is Andy Dalton great now? A career high 418 yards without AJ Green? Is Zach Taylor the new thing in, in football? Is he going to be the best coach that we've seen in a long time? This is really like everything all across the board. You can go over reaction theater on this game. And at the end of the day, it's the 49ers and the Bengals, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's so not going to matter. <laughs> Nothing really and, matters about And virtually about this a pick game. game. It, it, it's exactly. almost a pick 
uh, and 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 I cannot stress how little I have confidence in whatever pick I decided to make in this one. If there's a confidence pull, this would be my one point pick. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Uh, the the stat that I wound up hearing that that swayed my pick was that uh, San Francisco, the last time they started. 2-0 on the road if they won this game, they would be 2-0 and they would both be road wins. The last time they started 2-0 on the road, we are commemorating our 30th year of doing football picks since 1989 over the phone when we were in grade school. The last time the 49ers started 2-0 on the road was 1989. That is a long, long time ago. And just for that stat alone, I'm going to go and agree with you and take Cincinnati to win. I do not feel confident about it at all. On to Arizona and Baltimore. And woof, two different sides of the spectrum in this one. Arizona looked as bad as you could look before somehow rallying to get that tie against Detroit. Baltimore looked as good as you can look in destroying the Miami Dolphins. Most weeks, the largest spread on the board, but not this week. Uh, Arizona, 13-point underdogs at Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, and Arizona's not going to be able to face the ass clown again. You know, unfortunately for the Arizona Cardinals, they don't get the ass clown head coach two weeks in a row. They get a legitimate pro football coach in John Harbaugh who can get his team up, who can scheme, who can uh, coach up that defense. They're going to get after it. Kyler Murray, we thought Kyler Murray was going to have a hard time adjusting and that ass clown was going to show him some things that he hadn't seen before. I fear for Kyler Murray in this game because going on the road to Baltimore, you know, yes, I understand that Baltimore looked like, you know, like let's just, you know, give them the, Let's just give them the Lombardi trophy after last week and not play the rest of these games. But this, this, is, this isn't going to be a fun day at the office for Kyler Murray. He's going to look every bit of a rookie quarterback. And my feeling is he's going to look like it for all four quarters. And the Cardinals, excuse me, the Cardinals defensively aren't going to present much of a challenge either. So, and the Ravens have multiple ways to beat you last year. Last week they beat the Dolphins through the air because the Dolphins just didn't show up but the, let's not forget that this is still a ground-and-pound team that can run the ball, run with a quarterback, and, uh, you know, and throw when they need to. Uh, I know I might, be a week, I might be a week late on this, but uh, damn it, Baltimore's lock of the week right here. <laughs> yep, I had them last week, and you got them this time. Hey, yeah. it's, look, and you mentioned as well, we this is week two of their non-conference schedule that they're they're getting done. That's what we're saying. That's right. This is South Dakota State. <laughs> Mississippi Valley State this week after uh, getting Gardner Webb Minshew last week. Um, so yeah, I, I, I certainly am not going to sneeze at that lock of the week at all. Um, Arizona, of course, going west to, to east as well for a noon start, uh, one o'clock Eastern. Um, don't think. Baltimore will allow a big comeback like Detroit did up 15 in the fourth quarter. This is a a professional organization. This is a professional coach, as you already mentioned. Um, Cornerback Jimmy Smith is down for the Ravens. It's not going to matter because it's still the rookie Kyler Murray. So I'm not going to do the the two locks in a row. I just, I couldn't do it. It was just just the same team two weeks in a row as a lock to me. And I love the Ravens, as, as you know. But I, that just felt like a little overkill. So that's that, that's the only reason I didn't do that. But I do have I do have Baltimore squish along with you. I, I do believe they're going to destroy the, uh, the the Cardinals. 
yeah, they might not win by 50, but they might win by they'll win, they'll win by 20 or 24. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Yes, I completely concur with that. On to the Bills and the Giants. Hey, Buffalo, two weeks in a row, gets to play a shit team in New York in the Meadowlands. Deja vu, right? The, the Bills walk into the Meadowlands two weeks in a row. Hey, look at this. It's a very familiar place. It's like their, their second home stadium. Uh, the Bills uh, found a way to sneak out a win over the Jets last week after being down very early, and the Giants uh, found a way to look as bad as you can look in losing in Dallas uh, to the Cowboys. Uh, the Bills are two-point favorites. Here's a rarity. The Bills are favored on the road against somebody. Buffalo minus two at the Giants. Yeah, isn't that funny that the Bills, they get to go, they play New York, then they play New York, then they play next week at home in New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, in their state. Yeah, so the Bills haven't had to travel. This is the anti-San Francisco right here. The Bills just haven't had to go very far. Um, that Lost in the shuffle of that big comeback uh, that the Bills had was – the fact that their defense once again was pretty stout and they, you know, the teams that had the great defenses last year, the, the bears, the, uh, the bills, the Ravens, if you look at the, what were the top three teams after week one in defense, the bears, the bills and the Ravens. So the, nothing's changed there as far as teams that can play really good defense. And I think the giants are just, the giants are terrible. Uh, Sterling Shepard looks like he's not going to play. That's another weapon that they won't have against that great secondary when they need all the weapons that they can get. If this isn't just the Saquon Barkley show and he takes completely over the game, I think that the Bills defense, and they know that, the Bills defense is going to be able to stuff the box and try to do a lot of containment and probably have just enough offense, just enough, to pull out the win here against Eli Manning. And the the, uh, adversity watch begins for Daniel Jones to come in and start taking the reins from Eli Manning. Cause an Owen two in the fashion that they may end up going Owen two blown out by the Cowboys and potential loss to the bills. I mean, really the bills, even though I have the bills going to the playoffs, forget that. Um, yeah. Daniel Jones watch may commence. That might be the only thing interesting to watch for in this game. Do they do that two weeks in a row? Do they, they stick Daniel Jones in there? Uh, can Buffalo beat the Giants as that bad that they decide to stick Daniel Jones in two weeks in a row? And if they stick Daniel Jones in two weeks in a row, why the fuck wouldn't you just start Daniel Jones in week three? What 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 are we doing? What are we talking about? It's the Dwayne Haskins thing again, right? Except Dwayne Haskins doesn't have Eli Manning blocking him. <laughs> he has Case Keenum. Ooh, yeah. That's so it might much be more better formidable. right now. <laughs> I think Case Keenum had a better week one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, not only is Sterling Shepard not going to play, uh, they're still missing uh, their acquisition Golden Tate for, uh, because he got popped for peds. And Cody Latimer, the former Bronco, has a calf injury. I, I don't know who, the, who, the, who Eli's even going to throw to. It's going to be uh, the Saquon Barkley show and maybe the tight end Evan Ingram all day, and that's about it. I, I don't imagine what else uh, the Giants can possibly do on offense. So I'm going to concur and take the Bills to start 2-0. and oh. And I'm surprising myself even by saying that. Are you getting a pit in your stomach by saying that? Yeah, because it's the, it's the Buffalo Bills, man. It's, that that almost feels like a trap to me, uh, picking that. Uh, but we will move on from that. And speaking of the NFC East, the Cowboys and Redskins, the first version of Cowboys and Indians uh, this year, they, they do that twice a year. And it's the first time this year is going to be in Washington 
Dallas so impressive last week over the Giants. Washington, uh, in a way, almost uh, impressive the way they uh, put it to the Eagles to begin the game. They laid down for them in the second half and let them come all the way back to to get the win. Uh, But Dallas is a five-point favorite on the road at the Redskins. Yeah, it was really the tale of two teams last week. So you almost wonder which which team are you going to get here in the Redskins? Are you going to get that first half Redskins team, or are you going to get that second half Redskins team? Which one's more like reality? I believe it's the second half Redskins <laughs> team. I think the first half Redskins team was taking advantage of the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles were still in preseason mode for the first half of that game. And they took total advantage of that. The Cowboys, they pre they got the giants. They already got all their preseason reps in. I think they're ready to go. I know this is a division matchup. Familiarity breeds contempt. Maybe it ends up lending itself to a closer game. I don't really think so. I mean, the, the strength of the Redskins team right now, as it stands is clearly their defense. I just don't know how they're going to move the football. You know the the Cowboys play so the the Cowboys are a better than average defense. They, the offensive line is almost always the best in football. I think it's just too much power against too weak of a team. Just trying to make do until their rookie project quarterback is ready to go, and they're taking the lumps now to like make him have a little softer landing when they are zero and four or one and four by the time they're ready to announce uh, announce uh, Dwayne Haskins as the starter. Yeah, I uh, was giving credit to Kellen Moore for having a very nice debut. Very good. Well done. Uh, I, I'm still, of course, skeptical because it's the Cowboys and it's Dak Prescott and it's, you know, trying not to go week one overreaction and, and give them too much credit. Um, you, you'll be shocked to learn that Jordan Reed is still concussed and will not play for the Redskins. I know that's just stunning. Um, wow. Yeah. Again, this to me is overreaction that the Cowboys are five-point favorites on the road. I understand that they're pretty good and Washington is not, but that's a little big for me. So this is where I get cued before you even get a chance to get cued. Oh. And I think I think Dallas wins the game, but I don't I don't like them being five-point favorites. So I'm going to take the Redskins at the points. Maybe they will. Wow. Okay. All right. Getting cute. I don't know if five is quite getting cute, but I think with the game of like this one, yeah, I guess that could qualify as getting cute. On it's paper, this cute. isn't close. This isn't close on paper. I understand. Maybe Adrian Peterson is mad that he got deactivated, comes back, and then goes off tomorrow. Uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee, uh, what used to be a formidable AFC South matchup. Uh, well, formidable is probably the wrong word because the Titans pretty much got worn out by Andrew Luck. Uh, in his time there, yes. um, I, I do have a stat. Uh, the 0-11. Oh. Titans were 0-11 against Andrew Luck in his career. So they're finally rid of him forever, and I'm sure they're very, very happy with that. Uh, but Jack Brisket uh, and T.Y. Hilton didn't look very bad in losing to Seattle last week. Titans looked excellent uh, in their victory, of course, over the uh, Brown Fever. Indianapolis, three and a hook, three and a half point dogs tomorrow in Nashville at the Titans. Yeah, and I don't know what the Chargers were up to last week, blowing that lead the way they did. I mean, that feels like a very Chargers move um, for you know a franchise that just seems to never know what to do with prosperity. Um, Titans, re- Titans not only did that what they did, they went on the road and did it. So they get to come home to the heroes' welcome and host a team without the player who was sort of the dragon slayer for them. 
uh, the guy who they just could not beat, their nemesis, and now they get to deal with that without with, with basically with Jake Brisket at quarterback. Um, and you know, I I I still I I'm not jumping too early here under the Titans bandwagon, but I've been so down on the Colts after Andrew Luck walked out on them. And yeah, yeah nice job, guys. The, the Colts, you looked okay last week. You took the you, you made all the plays that you needed to, and you took the Chargers to overtime, and you let them march right down the field and score a touchdown to win the game. I think that's good enough for me. I think the Titans, it's the, even though this is, you know, this is your cop-out line, right, with the three points. It feels pushy, but I'll take the Titans. Too much defense. Uh, it's probably going to be a lot of Derrick Henry, a lot of play action. Delaney Walker's healthy. I think that's good enough for the home opener here for the Titans to pull off a win. Well, you weren't listening apparently because I got three and a hook. I got the oh, you got a hook on that one. Okay. Contest. I got a hook on there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll still do it. <laughs> you know, sometimes that changes uh, your mind, and you know you, you don't want to give that hook. But uh, in this case, you'll stick with the Titans. Yes. Um, I almost made it through a whole show without a mistake. Yeah, the Indianapolis close loss was at uh, the Chargers, not at Seattle. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that stat about Owen uh, eleven against Andrew Luck, and, and some of those those games were some of my most favorite memories of watching the Titans get embarrassed by the Colts because uh, Indianapolis seemed to take a special joy in beating Tennessee. Uh, if you remember, those are the games where the Colts would routinely break out some crazy special teams fake play. It felt like every game they ran a fake punt or fake kickoff for uh, a, a big play. Uh, against the, the Titans. I definitely remember uh, one game driving back from Nashville from visiting uh, my uh, now late mother-in-law listening to one of those games uh, where they uh, the Colts opened, I think, 14 nothing uh, on the Titans and proceeded to run an, a, a fake kickoff or an onside kickoff and recover the, the, the kickoff. It was like, okay, they're just – they're just playing with them at this point. They're like, we don't give a fuck about you guys at all. Um, so they really like taking it to Tennessee. Uh, does Tennessee remember all that and, and get some revenge tomorrow now that Andrew Luck uh, isn't there? That, that, that might happen. Uh, but I tell you what, T.Y. still makes it happen no matter who his quarterback is. Uh, so that's one uh, week one overreaction is everyone thinking T.Y. Hilton is completely finished. Uh, as an impact player in the NFL, just because Andrew Luck isn't there. Not so fast, my friend, because he still makes plays, and, and Jack Brisket knows to get him the ball. If nothing else is going right, get T.Y. the ball, because he can still go no matter who's throwing the, the ball out there. Uh, the Titans are playing a much better pro organization this week. Last week, they were playing the Cleveland fucking Browns, and this week, they're playing the Indianapolis Colts. And I understand the Colts aren't any great franchise, but they're better than the fucking Browns. So I'll take those points. I'll take Indianapolis, and I'll take that hook three and a half. And I think, I, yeah, I'm getting cute on this one, too. I, I did have Tennessee winning but by, by two points. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting cute on that one, too. I'll take the Colts and the, okay. and the hook. All right. So you're getting cute. You're multiple getting cute now. Now you're, yeah, now, I, you're now you're feeling it. <laughs> now, I knew there was a couple, a couple of them. I, I knew I had a couple of, uh, this week that, that, that I liked the, the favorite straight up, but I still like the points. So and I'm I'm going for it twice. Now on to the spread that everybody has been talking about, uh, evo- evoking a lot of memories for us because New England at Miami and a huge spread. We definitely remember that from their uh, perfect season. Um, and the spread is almost that damn big. 
Um, I was 21 and a half. And I had <laughs> in my own. And they lost by That's 21. Right. And they lost by 21. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah definitely remember that. Uh, so not quite that big, but real close. Uh, New England uh, at 1-0, and destroying Pittsburgh. Miami at 0-1, getting destroyed by Baltimore. New England, on the road, is a 19-point favorite at the Miami Dolphins. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'd ever say this against a 19-point spread, but it's not enough. <laughs> the Dolphins are so bad and so full of quit, hashtag full of quit, that even even the page, you know, 34 to 10, that's a cover, right? 37 to 3. You think of all these combinations. I can think of all the possible scores out there. I can't see a scenario by which the Dolphins stay within three touchdowns. Now, I know that the Patriots have had trouble in Miami. They went down last year and lost down there. On the on the Kenyon Burner miracle uh, miracle in Miami play, well, not Kenyon Burner. That was uh, oh god, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. I got my my Kenyans. Uh, <laughs> Get your Kenyans Kenyon. right. Yeah, sorry, Kenyon Drake uh, on that miracle in Miami play uh, with the total exuberance, like they had just won the Super Bowl, and that yeah, it, you know. That's not going to happen this time. There's there's nobody on that team who wants to play. I mean, maybe they try to get up for for this one. Maybe they're all trying to increase their trade value. I don't know what it is, but the Patriots they're they're too good for this team. They're they're gonna they're gonna show up. They're gonna toy with them. Maybe it's close. You know, maybe it's a seven point game at halftime. But they're just gonna come out and just throttle them in the second half. It, it, this thing's over. Hey, you said it. Miami handles New England at home, right? They they take care of business. Do you realize Miami's five and one their last six games hosting New England? That's just nuts, that's straight. That's straight up. That's not even against the spread. Yep. That's straight up. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. Uh, so in the middle of this week, uh, the only real thing that jumped out is, as far as news of the week between week one and week two is uh, the Antonio Brown saga got stranger. Uh, mm-hmm. He's of course signed with the Patriots uh, after all the, the drama last weekend. Um, and in the middle of the week, some former trainer of his decided that she needed to sue him right about now for, for raping her three times. Uh, why the timing now? I, I don't know, but that, that came out. Uh, I'm sure the Patriots didn't have any knowledge about any of this before they gave him guaranteed money. I'm sure Bill Belichick was uh, not exactly thrilled. I'm sure that conversation was something, uh, boy, I wish he, he, he secretly taped that conversation and released it in a commercial. Uh, although I wouldn't put that past him to do that someday. Um, but I really would love to know how that went down. Uh, and, and also with the owner, Robert Kraft, who I'm, I'm sure had to stop his, his uh, massage long enough to have a conversation with AB. And uh, what, what are we doing? What you got sued for rape? What, what's going on here? Um, I'm to to put too much value on the Antonio Brown drama right now is, is probably I'm not saying go out and, and throw all your money on, on the Dolphins, but why now? Why all this drama now? Why what what's going on? Uh, and and combine that with Miami, this might be the only time they get up anywhere near like this. But yeah, I'll take those points. I'll take 19. Uh, I don't know how many other times I'll take the Dolphins all year at all with the point spread. 
But 19's kind of ridiculous. Miami played kind of ridiculous last week, I understand. So they earned uh, the 19, but it, it's still a little it, – it, that's, a, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points on the road. That's a lot of points with the Antonio Brown drama being added into the mix. And, and I say it, 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 it manifests itself. I can see Antonio Brown and Tom Brady having a, a discussion, I'll, I'll call it. Uh, at some point tomorrow, uh, if AB thinks he's not getting the ball where he's supposed to, uh, I, I think it, it starts right off the bat. So I'll, I'll take Miami and I'll take the 19. Okay, so there's trouble in paradise. With Antonio Brown, there's always trouble in paradise. Uh, On to the Clippers and the Lions, the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim, Orange County. Uh, who did get a 1-0 start, even though the Colts came all the way back and forth to overtime. Um, and the Detroit Lions, who got an 0-0-1 start because they allowed the Arizona Cardinals to come all the way back and force overtime. Uh, so the Clippers going to Detroit. Chargers are a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road at the Lions. Yeah, and this is a pick. I don't feel particularly strong about this pick. This is a very low-confidence pick for me. The Chargers are a bit banged up. They're still not letting Melvin Gordon uh, play no contract for Melvin Gordon, so it's going to be more Eckler and whatever stable of running backs they can try to slap together to throw out there at the Lions and Ass Clown. Um, <laughs> Hunter Henry's hurt, but is he does is he ever not hurt? Pretty much. So they should be used to this. Uh, I I yeah. still think it's uh, I still think it's enough for the Chargers to go in there and uh, pull out maybe a field goal victory. The Lions are a joke. Um, they proved it last week, letting Kyler Murray go off in the fourth quarter against that defense. I'm, I'm not too crazy here about the Lions at all in this spot. Chargers are a good team. Uh, now nobody goes 16 and 0, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm selling on the Lions here. <laughs> yeah, Mel Gordon uh, losing more money by the week. Uh, if, if Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson keep performing, and, and we might have some Mel Who T-shirts made by the. Uh, Chargers uh, organization if this keeps up uh, hard to trust the Lions at all when they couldn't put fucking Arizona away right um, and then the Chargers couldn't put Indy down uh, so you kind of look at both of them and, you know with a with a sort of uh, crooked eye and go eh, I don't know if I can trust either one of you teams uh, but I can't help but think about the the Chargers last year and their eight and one record on the road, if you count the, the England home game, uh, nine and two, if you count the playoff games, uh, they're still steady. They're still a, a solid organization and as clown organization is anything less than solid. Uh, so I look at that and I look at the one and a half point spread, basically meaning the chargers kind of don't have to do anything but win to cover that. And to me, it, it makes me a little more confident of, of this pick than, than you just, just a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna lock that one up. I, I, I don't. I didn't mean the, to do it. Rocking up the, the double lock the was an accident. There's as a road favorite. Okay. Yeah. There's no such thing as a double lock. We haven't done anything like that yet. We. You, you never know in the future. <laughs> no, that you. No, you already had your lock of the century. <laughs> right. That would be the triple lock or double lock or quadruple lock. Yeah. With the Baltimore Ravens last week, so, and it would have won. So the, the, the 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 Chargers are your bolt, uh, your lock of the millennium now, I guess. <laughs> or lock of the eon. Definitely not more confident than what than I was in Baltimore last week, but yes, definitely confident in them to go in and beat Ass Clown, as you uh, affectionately call. 
On to the Chiefs and the Raiders, Kansas City and Oakland. Hey, they're both one and zero. They're on they're on even ground. They're just the saying battle right for now, first right? place. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Can't even say that with a straight face. All right. Well, uh, apparently the betting public sees it differently because Kansas City, despite being on the road, is a seven and a half point favorite at the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, and even the hook doesn't scare me. Uh, the Raiders getting maybe a little bit of love going their way after their performance on Monday night, but that's just what you expect to happen. And in week two, after one of those crazy performances in the week one second uh, game of the doubleheader on Monday night, I expect things to go back to normal. Uh, I think the Chiefs have no problem here going on the road, putting up a ton of points on the on the Raiders. Uh, they just lost their their safety is at was at Abram the the first one of their first round picks uh, he's now done for the year also got fined for the play that he got injured on that's a double whammy right there that's a murga move so not Insult only do you get knocked, not only do you get knocked out for the season you get fined for it <laughs> good job guys uh too many weapons too many things at Patrick Mahomes disposal here he looked like he was an MVP for him last week against the Jags I don't expect that to stop that might be a good thing for for the Raiders that that Abram goes down because remember later on in that game uh, he's the kid that tried to break Gary and Conley's neck going after uh, <laughs> that that play in which he, his leg kind of whiplashed and and caught Conley in the neck and compressed him and he he got stretchered out there. Uh, amazingly, Conley is supposed to come back and play uh, tomorrow, which is unbelievable uh, after seeing that scene. Uh, but yeah, that might be a boost for Oakland that you don't have to worry about Abram uh, killing your own players anymore. No more friendly fire. That kid is a—he's a missile man. He, he just runs around out there trying to kill everybody. So we'll, we'll see how his career uh, progresses when he comes back next year. Uh, yeah, that was, that was one win for Murga. Uh, congratulations, that's that one. They got one Monday night. Good, good on you. Um, I'm exactly with you. They they got the one, and now things uh, should return to the way they're supposed to be. Um, and and Kansas City should go in and, and destroy Oakland on the road. No Tyree Kill, uh, he got hurt, but I guess it's okay because Sammy Watkins is going to win the MVP this year uh, instead of Pat yes. Mahomes. So right, it'll be all good. And t- Kelsey's still there. There's still they're, the cupboard's not bare. They're all right. Uh, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Uh, this should be a, a barn burner. The New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Rams uh, getting together after all the drama from last year's NFC title game, except this time we're not in New Orleans. We don't have to see fans dressed up as referees, although that's probably still going to happen. You know, the, the Rams fans are probably going to come out in referee uniforms and pretend like they're making all the calls for the Rams and, and just piss off the Saints fans even more. Yeah. Uh, we already have raw emotions about all of that. But anyway, both teams started out with victories. Last week, uh, the Saints are only a two-point favorite on the road at the Rams. A two-point underdog on the road, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, I think what's lost in the conversation here about all the the pissing and moaning of the Saints fans and the changing of the rule and, you know, and the Saints were were hosed and and didn't get the chance to go to the Super Bowl. I think what's lost in all that is uh, uh, why are you going and pissing off the Rams like that? You're going to get the Saints here in your building. And the Rams have had to hear nothing other than the fact all off season that they didn't deserve it. Uh, the Saints got robbed. The Saints, you know, the Saints were the better team. Although if you watched that game after halftime, the Rams pretty much dominated that game. 
Um, I will always be quick to point out that there were calls that did not go the Rams way either in that game. And I don't want to get too deep into that right now because we have you know, time constraints and we've already talked about that ad nauseum uh, back when it happened. But yeah, I, I think the Rams are playing with some pride here. They're getting the Saints in their building with a chance to uh, shut the team up that's been doing nothing but whining all off season, And then we end up getting this ridiculous pass interference uh, replay because of that particular play. I think the Rams whoop the Saints here. I don't particularly like dome teams going west, going outdoors. Um, I, I think the Rams are going to go and put a number on the Saints here. I, I've got that feeling, especially the Saints playing on a short week. Drew Brees, is, his arm still doesn't look like he's what he used to be. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to have that zip and that verve and that energy, and I think it's going to be even less effective out of the dome. So I like the Rams to win and, and give the number. Uh, in addition to that, not much about the New Orleans Saints coverage Monday night makes me confident that they will slow down Jared Goff and company either. Uh, you know, Lattimore, notwithstanding, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a, is a, an excellent uh, cornerback. Uh, but him aside, the rest of that secondary seems to be just trash, and they were just getting ripped up and destroyed by Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and New Hopkins and whoever else wanted a, a piece of them. And now they get the the L.A. Rams and Jared Goff, and, and with all that motivation, as you said, about listening to everyone say that the referees gifted them the Super Bowl and all of that. Um, sure, they're going to have a point to make. Um, I was looking at week one, and, and as we know, I had the Rams to not show up in week one uh, because I thought that maybe not having too much exhibition practice and, and reps, uh, maybe their offense was the type that needed to sort of ease into the season and get some some reps in and, and get get their motion together and all that. And uh, they didn't need much easing. They, they pretty much went right into Carolina and started playing the way they uh, had been playing. So uh, that would be the one – that would have been the one thing that would have given me pause this week is if they struggled at Carolina, which I had them losing, but they didn't. And they look pretty good. And, uh, is Todd Gurley a platoon back now or what? Is he just going to – go back and forth with, with Malcolm Brown and uh, it worked for one week. So I, I don't know if that's going to continue, but uh, maybe they're trying to take the, the load off of him. And yeah. once they get to the I, red, zone, I, though, would, I would go with that theory. I would say yeah. that after watching the uh, ineffectiveness of Todd Gurley in the playoffs and Super Bowl, um, knowing that he's such a dynamic playmaker that you, you you're going to need him. I, I think that the Rams are in a position where barring some, catastrophic health issues they're going to be in the playoffs and I don't think they want to roll into the playoffs with uh you know CJ Anderson type back as their as their only answer they need they need Todd Gurley he's the thing that makes that team go so any carries that they can lighten the load off of him from I'm with you that that's they're they're saving him yeah and uh, whatever the running back combo, New Orleans would have loved to have Sheldon Rankins in the middle of that D-line to help stop that. But, of course, he popped his Achilles in that game that we were talking about, that conference title game. So he won't be there. Uh, so I'm with you. I think the Rams run up uh, in the 30s on the Saints and, and send a message and, and, and put New Orleans down. Uh, the Bears and the Broncos uh, get it on in the Vic Fangio Bowl. And Chicago looking to lick their wounds after their bad start against Green Bay. Denver 
also starting out with a loss uh, last Monday night uh, against the Raiders in the freaky Monday night game. Uh, the Bears are, however, favored on the road. Chicago is minus two at Denver. Yeah, this is this is a crazy one here. So the Bears uh, still getting some of that uh, love, I think, more of last season than anything else. Uh, that 12-4, and four, I think, is what's really going into this. This is a team that only put up three points uh, last time. Uh, unfortunately, uh, on the NFL Pick Watch site, this is a two-and-a-half-point spread. So this was going to be my opportunity to get cute. Um, because I actually have the bears winning this game 19 to 17, (laughs) right? So, which would put this firmly in push territory for me that I have this as a two point game. Unfortunately, because the line went to two, I'm going to have to pick the bears on our picks and go with the Broncos on pick watch. Because I am a two-point win, and I am still going to hold – I'm not going to go so cute that it's going to be a one-point win. Um, (laughs) I'm okay with two, but I'm not going to go with one. Come on, hedge yourself. Come on. uh, Oh, that would be really great. I am. I'm taking one (laughs) on the website and one on the show. Uh, That might be a first. Um, (laughs) All based off of that. All based off of that hook. I really like the Bears here in a 19-17 low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot of defense. Um, but the Bears' defense is very strong, and I think they can force Joe Flacco into a mistake or two. He's a statue back there. So he's one of, if not the least mobile quarterback in the NFL right now. And it, the Bears love a stationary target. Um, there's no way. He's not going to collapse. He's not going to move the pocket. He's not going to get out on the edges. Uh, not particularly good thrower of the football if he's on the move. I think the Bears are going to all be, hey, let's meet at the quarterback, and they're going to get after Joe Flacco, and this is going to be a ugly, defensive, low-scoring football game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears uh, maybe score a defensive touchdown. I don't think they're going to, you know, and the offense gives them just enough. I like the Bears by two, but I'm going to take them um, with the points, uh, to give the points here because that would be a push, and I can't pick that. Wow, an hour and fifty minutes of talking, and you still have the ability to do some acrobatics. You're you're balancing there. That's that's impressive. That's right. Cue uh, that carnival music. <laughs> do, 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 do. Got to get some carnival music on the on the soundboard here. Um, yeah, I refuse to go against the Chicago defense on ten days rest, and they're angry over the Packers game, and they're playing Joe fucking Flacco. Yeah. Uh, so that's <laughs> pretty much. Uh, all I have to really say about that one, uh, I, actually, I will say that this kind of frightens things. I just heard this on a, on a podcast today, uh, the PFF podcast. Matt Nagy possibly doubling down on on Trubisky kind of scares me. What I mean by that is not playing Trubisky or, or sticking with him. Of course, he's the starter. Of course, he should stick with him. I'm talking about doubling down on the sort of trickery and, and the, the Matt Nagy stuff that he likes to do and the, the razzle-dazzle, as Gunther Cunningham would uh, refer to it as. Uh, apparently in an interview this week, Nagy claimed, that, and I don't know, if he, he may have been joking, I don't know the context, I didn't hear the actual words, but Nagy claimed that they're not going, the, the Chicago Bears are not going to run any offensive plays tomorrow that Vic Fangio, their former defensive coordinator and now Denver Broncos head coach, 
that Vangio may have seen in practice at some point uh, in his tenure in Chicago. They're running none of those plays. They're coming out with basically an entire new playbook of plays that Vic Fangio didn't see. That scares the fuck out of me, as a, not just as a uh, picking the Bears as I am with you, but as a Bears fan. Like, have you not paid attention to your quarterback and how skittish he gets when you try to run these twick, trick plays and misdirections and, and things that look completely out of control? Uh, can you work on letting him get the basics down? Can you work on him getting a, a game or two where he is comfortable and looks good in the pocket and looks solid before you try to break out some more tricks and razzle as I really hate that. I actually think it might be a joke. Again, I have no idea that's of the context. Gamesmanship. That's gamesmanship. Right. Like that, that, there might be something that. That's not the kind of that, thing that you throw out there. That you just something to put on Vic Fangio's mind to, to make uh-huh. him think that maybe uh, that they're going to do something like that, but they're really trying good. to play that would games, be, yeah. That that would be silly if he, if they try to invent a playbook for one game just against a, your old coach. That's just, I, I I don't I don't think I believe that. But so that does scare me. Uh, but if they do play it straight up like I think they would, then yes, they're they're a better team than the Broncos and they should win the game. All right, on to Sunday night football, which will be uh, definitely something uh, must watch TV. Eagles Falcons down in Atlanta. The Eagles, of course, coming back against the Redskins and getting that victory, even though they gave up the touchdown to lose the spread and the Falcons coming off a bad start uh, in Minnesota, looking to bounce back at home. The Eagles are one point favorites on the road at the Falcons. Yeah. As bad as the Falcons can look on the road, uh, there's no denying the fact that Matt Ryan is an absolute monster at home in the dome. So I expect that, uh, offensive prowess to come back. It's going to be a very big offensive output. I think, I think that the Eagles are banged up at some key positions uh, in, in this matchup as well. I don't think they're going to be able to get back and get after Matt Ryan the way that they would like to, but everything moves better for that Falcons team when they're at home and in the dome. Uh, talk about teams that don't want to go. Oh, and two, I think Atlanta's going to play with a little bit, a little bit extra, a little bit extra pep in their step in this one, uh, even though it's a great opponent in a primetime game, I think at home is enough getting a point. You know, that's a four point swing from the cop out line. I think that's enough here that Atlanta pretty much pulls out all the stops and uh, pulls out the win um, because, because they need it uh, and absolutely need it. And I think Matt Ryan, uh, once again, goes insane at home. I would want to throw that under overreaction theater, claiming that any team needs a win after one loss. However, there's a lot in uh, uh, a lot in the in the tea leaves about the uh, job security uh, of Dan Quinn. There's a lot of I've seen it more than one time uh, being reported that Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, is paying a lot of money to these players and wants to see some results now. And you don't get any direct quotes, of course, from Arthur Blank. But when there's enough of those guys saying that, that means that they're getting it on background that uh, Arthur Blank is about fed up with this shit and, and he's ready for uh, a turnaround right now. So uh, the hot seat is real with Dan Quinn. That There's too much smoke. You know, when there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, so I concur with that. I concur that Atlanta needs to, to – turn this around. They really don't want to start 0-2. That's a very formidable opponent to do that against. 
in Philadelphia, and I think uh, I love the over in that game. I think both teams are going to come out guns a blazing and going back and forth. Uh, I know Atlanta needs to protect better. The Falcons better spin up and, and give Matty Ice a, a chance to, to work that Matty Ice magic or else he's not going to have any opportunity to. Uh, the Falcons defense that, of course, I, I we both love that personnel, but they didn't get it done uh, in week one. I can give them a pass for one game, but here comes Deshaun Jackson on the turf. And uh, as I was correct for one week that uh, early in the season, Deshaun Jackson is going to be a, a bitch because he's healthy and, and he's going to want to uh, produce and do some things. So I don't see any difference in week two. I think he's going to have another big game down there uh, in hot Atlanta. Uh, but I'm with you. I think ultimately in the end by a small margin, like a last second field goal or something like that, uh, that the Falcons pull it out and, and get the win because they're a little more desperate right now and they really need it and they, they know they need it. I think they can feel that heat on their on the back of their necks. And that brings us to Monday Night Football. Hey, we got four minutes to talk about the Browns and the it's Jets. A record. Aren't you so glad? It's a record, <laughs> Number I think, one. for our last pick. This feels like lots of breathing room. Let's just filibuster yeah. for three minutes. We got to do something here. Exactly. Number one, we have more than 30 seconds to pick the Monday night game, which is a miracle. And number two, we have a game that no one gives a fuck about. So therefore, we really will get this pick in in plenty of time. Uh, The Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets, Cleveland coming off a piss poor effort at Tennessee, Jets coming off a piss poor effort in the fourth quarter against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, The Browns are still six and a half point favorites on the road at the Jets. That's a huge number, but let's also keep in mind here that the Browns massively underperformed expectations, and sometimes a young team. I think they put enough on film. I think they're getting some co- they got some coaching this week. They, the Browns did so many things wrong this last week. Uh, I think that's what you need when you're a young and overconfident team. So I do think I expect a bounce back. Uh, they also get the soft landing of Trevor Simeon because Sam Darnold went and picked up the mono. Um, that 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 was a that that's an interesting turn of events here. I don't even have a joke for that. One. I don't even have a joke for that one. It was uh, such an interesting turn of events, you know. Um, yeah, the wow, yeah, Jets are not healthy. Browns are going to bounce back. Uh, I think that the Browns are going to. This is going to be a really unwatchable game. It's doubtful I'm going to even watch it. But if the Browns go to the Jets here and lay another egg. Oh boy, that hype machine <laughs> for the Browns is going to turn into stakes and pitchforks and torches really quick in Cleveland. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have any jokes either for uh, a grown man getting kissing disease. I don't, I don't quite understand how that happened or how that works. But anyway, um, so yeah, hello, uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, goodbye. Quincy and Nunua, as if the Jets didn't have enough troubles uh, with, with their targets, he's uh, out now. Uh, and they also will not have C.J. Mosley, uh, the, the ex-Ravens defender. And Hopefully they don't I, all have mono, if you know what I mean. I, I don't. I don't know what I, I don't know what you could say about that. Um, and and Mosley was uh, very key to the Buffalo uh, because once he went out, that's when the Bills started doing what they could do and, and made that comeback and, and won the game. So, uh, yeah, everything pointing uh, down for the Jets and, and pointing up for the Browns. Man, if Cleveland blows this one, uh. <laughs> That's everything. Sports talk, radio, ESPN, you name it. 
I mean, I don't want to see the cover of Sports Illustrated. I, it's going to be bad. If, if if the Browns and Baker Mayfield and, and that team go out and shit the bed here against the Jets with nobody mm. healthy, oof. Oof, it almost you makes me say. want to watch just to see it happen. <laughs> I probably will watch it. It's it's, it's week two. It's it's not uh, it's not too. Uh, yeah. The season isn't too long yet. Now week nine or ten, I probably won't watch a game like this. But, but yeah, I'll probably be watching. Yeah, I'll, I'll concur with you and, and take the Brown Fever, even though I, I, I don't like giving six and a half, especially the way they showed against the, the Titans. But man, the Jets are ugh. Jets are bad. How about that for Monday Night Football? How happy is ESPN about that one? <laughs> I oh. would not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were expecting with that one. Did they expect the Jets to be good? Or was this supposed to be the big Baker, Mayfield, Sam Darnold matchup? Yeah, I, no. I think that's the only thing they could have possibly been thinking. That's all I can say. Well, that, that's our football party this weekend. More on our after show when we come back. Into our VIP after show program. Wow! So that was that's one of the first two hour, not the first, but one, uh, we haven't done many two hour shows. That's that's uh, one of the handfuls. And man, that was a thing. That was two hours of hot football talk. I gotta tell you, I'm digging the format though. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I I like the I'm liking the one day a week um, versus spreading it out over two shows. Because um, both of those shows would turn into two-hour shows because we would do an hour and then an after show for an hour, right? So we're doing, you know, the one compressed show. But I'm also liking – I'm just liking the, the – just pick them all format too. Um, yeah, just go right through. Yeah, it seems to be, it seems to be uh, keeping us on schedule a little bit better too. Yeah, we get into our highlight games and, and really yeah. dig in and break down, and then we look up and oh shit, we got fifteen minutes, to yeah, twelve games. Right, I don't, I don't feel compelled to have to talk for five minutes about a game because we decided it was the highlight game. Yep, I, I, I get you. I, I understand so, that. I just don't have that much info. I mean, I'm sure it's going to get a lot <laughs> harder for you as we go into the season because you become so much more stats focused as we get more into the season especially after about week five when you I believe that's the first time you really dig deep um, historically yeah I need to get some some data I need some games uh, before I start looking at the yards per attempt and the rushing yards and, and things like that yeah because what I yeah because what I mean I'm not I'm not joking the Bills the Bears and the Ravens are the top three defenses in the league right now statistically which is just funny because I believe those were the top three last year, too. Well, it's only one week, so I'm sure the uh, the offensive stats are definitely not the same. Uh, I, whatever rank Andy Dalton is is not going to be where he finishes the year uh, because he just happened to have a great week one. But, yeah, you, you have some outliers. Sometimes you have some teams that, that do what they're supposed to do. So that, that's, that's what overreaction theater is all about. You pick out what you want and, and say, yeah. That, that's what I figured. Yeah. Some of these teams are ugh. like uh, I, I don't I don't I never seen anything like what what happened in Miami though. I, that was just from from the opening whistle. That team was just like 
we've seen week one blowouts. Come on. I don't think we've not seen like week that. One that. Not like that. We've seen plenty of week one blow that well, I mean the the Steelers was a week one blowout, but it wasn't that. It wasn't no, the Steelers like, were you watched the game and you could see that the Steelers were just trying to you know, the Steelers were trying to play football. They were just not doing it well. Exactly. The Dolphins they were. were just trying to be bad at football and exceedingly efficient at it. <laughs> the Steelers were attempting to play, and they weren't good enough. That That's just all that was. It was a bad day at the office for the Steelers, and things weren't going right. The Browns, same thing, right? Yeah. It goes off the rails. They're pushing too hard. They're, they're, they're pressing. It's a, it's a quarterback with not a lot of experience against a really – underappreciated, talented, well-coached defense, and he made a lot of mistakes and he threw picks, and they're going to live and they're going to learn from that. Um, the Browns did not quit. I think <laughs> one of the reasons that game got so into blowout territory is because the Browns didn't quit. <laughs> because the Browns just kept chucking it, and the Titans kept catching it and returning pick sixes and turning the... So the fact that the, the game actually got as how to pan as it did was more of a testament that the Browns they just they kept trying but they were actually trying. They were. Yeah. Uh, I want to take, I, I want to take the games that I watch. And if I have uh, the wherewithal, I want to take uh, like I did with that Titans game, uh, take a, a key moment or a key sequence in that game and, and discuss it and, and make that part of uh, what I, what I saw or sort of what I learned Uh because I got these games that I watched and took all these notes on, and then I never get a chance to talk about that because I don't, I forget. I get to the show and I forget that I have these notes on these games. Uh, that That's a feature that I, I want to do. We got this extended format. Uh, so part of the recap hour, so to speak, is I'd like to sit down and actually get the notes that I made and, and pick out like, okay, this is where the game turned or this sequence shows what this team is, is really all about or shows uh, the weakness of, of the other team or something like that. So uh, let's go inside the numbers. Yeah, I miss Jaws. Jaws, Jaws knew what he was doing. He was, he was, he was so into the numbers and he was so excited when he talked about them too. We give them big Jaws, uh, you know, the big cheeks. Uh, get all oh, yeah. and... I mean that that's that's our formative years of watching football, right? I mean that that's a lot of the you know what what turns people into big football fans is you know you didn't get a lot of that twenty years ago with people digging into the film and showing you like the the different angles on the plays and, and he wasn't just doing it, but he was doing it with enthusiasm, you know, making something yeah. that most people would not find interesting. He was making it very interesting, so. Jaws was very underappreciated for what he was doing. I've always uh, said how much more enjoyable sports is for me when the guys doing it, you can tell that they enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and usually when I talk about that, it's in reference to uh, our one of our favorite broadcasting crews, which is the old Sunday Night Football crew when it was oh, Mike Patrick and best. Uh, Paul McGuire and Joe Theismann. The best. That 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 was the best booth, I, because that was fun. I mean, if it was a bad they game, you loved play. calling football games. They yeah. loved it. And, but if it was a bad game, they didn't sugarcoat it. Right, but they still loved 
what yes. whatever it was, even if it was bad, they still love talking about it. You could tell. Yeah, no, it would. Uh, I would trade most of the crews that we have uh, to go back and, and pull that Sunday night crew back um, for the sanitized, over sanitized, boring uh, pr- presentations that we're getting now. Uh, not a lot of three man booths anymore either. Um, but I, I did talk about it a lot last year on the show. I did heap a lot of praise on Tony Romo um, for his commentary. Um, because he was like creepily accurate about things. <laughs> he, but he, he knows also, the game for sure. But he also, you could tell had the love of the game. He wasn't just yes. the, the former player in the booth collecting a paycheck. Like right. there was genuine enthusiasm for him watching these football games and then almost being part of the game, even though he like, you could feel like Tony Romo wanted to go down there and suit up and play. That's because Tony Romo wants to go down there and suit him and play. <laughs> His body won't let him, that's all. <laughs> you know if he could, he'd still be playing. There's yes. no doubt about that. That was coming through. And, you know, and, and making any making any broadcast presentation interesting when you're sitting next to Jim Nance is really hard to do. <laughs> and Dan Romo couldn't, couldn't do it. No. But, you know, Romo did, so I give him credit. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. And we I don't think we've talked about that enough on this show. Um, about I know we mentioned good, it before. But, but not, not much. We haven't given as much praise to that booth as we should. I, that that may be Hall of uh, Hall of Fame, Hall of Infamy worthy, just that group. Oh, you like that? I've never, never thought of that. Yeah, you're, you're right. Even though, even though Theismann is himself a Hall of Famer, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame for broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> right, but yeah, and, no. There's nothing brought me more joy than those years of uh, watching those uh, Sunday night ESPN games, and and a lot of when lot for a long time I didn't have ESPN, and so the only time you would get it was when like the Bears were on Sunday night, and then they would show right. it on the local channel, and you'd get that crew, and then finally when I moved um, out of where I in the house I grew up in, and we moved into our apartment a little farther out in the city and we finally had cable and I was able to watch all the Sunday night games. Like what a joy that was for like that period in the nineties when that was your Sunday night crew. And I was so sad when it shifted over and that crew didn't migrate with. Yeah. Yeah. They, you, we talked about the bad games that they would, uh, wouldn't sugarcoat it and they would let you know that, okay, this isn't, you know, so great, but they still, had the camaraderie to make it uh, something that you could still watch, but yeah. where they actually where they actually shone through was when they had the great games. When it would be a Steelers Ravens bloodbath. Oh my oh, yeah. god, they loved calling those games. And every bit of of whatever controversial hit or uh, trash talk, uh, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed going back and forth with Troy Polamalu and, and Heinz Ward and stuff like that and. That that's when it was the best. Yeah, and I mean, and even and that was one of those crews that was so good together. They even had like, if you were watching, it was like you were in on the joke with them. Yeah, so there were like yeah. like like the running gags, you know, like Al McGuire could never get the spot right. <laughs> right. I mean, like every time they brought the chains out, he was wrong. <laughs> All right, this time I'm going to get it. Watch yeah. this. This time. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you just, you know, it was it was very, it was uh, it was almost like you were watching, like, the comfort level of watching your hometown broadcast, but you were watching it with national teams. Yeah, and I think a lot of people try to go for that. They try to manufacture sort of the, 
the, the camaraderie and the like you're sitting yep. at the bar stool with your with your guys or something like that. Yep. Nobody but, else gets that though. No, so, no that, that's hard to manufacture. That's really hard. There's, there's a trip down memory lane that I wasn't expecting to 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 go yeah. down. Yeah. And speaking of memory lane, did you read uh, that their ESPN wants to bring back uh, Sunday uh, uh, the primetime show, primetime? But there's a catch to it. Looks like they're going to do it under the ESPN Plus paywall, so it's not going to be part of just the cable package. It's oh. going to be something extra that you have to subscribe to. So, you know, and I, you know, I remember watching primetime when that was like the show, right, with Berman and yeah. Tom Jackson, and you know, and I could still hear those stupid highlight songs in my head. <laughs> so I don't, I yeah. won't, I won't, I won't act any of them out. But you could you could just as soon as it was gonna but but that was that was the show also that you got used to to watching inside inside the NFL when I finally had cable was the other one I mean hell our show is named from inside the NFL so it, it you know so most people don't get that that joke and we've explained it a few times over the years but yeah just the fact that shows like that that formed our viewing of football. And the name of our show, the In Much Less Detail, is a riff on the Inside the NFL uh, pick segment. They would go to picks in more detail, and yes. then they break down games in five seconds. And so right. we decided we're going to just do it in, in so much less detail. And, and, and now we go on and on and on. <laughs> much, much less <laughs> detail. And I remember when we were trying to, we were thinking of the name of the blog. And we were trying to come up with it, and in much less detail, just it, it stuck. Yeah, I don't even remember which one of us came up with it. It didn't matter because that's the only name it could have been. I don't know, but it just kind of grew because we just said uh, in less detail, just riffing on in more detail, and then became in right. much less detail and in much but yeah, it just yeah. got out of control from there. So yeah, that, that's the. Uh, for anyone wondering the inspiration for the name of the show and less, less detail, what does that mean? Our show, show and obviously not correlate the name of our show immediately with uh, gambling picks for football. <laughs> well, it's all about branding. It's, it's, it's unique. You, you remember it. You can still go on YouTube and find some of those old pick segments of Inside the NFL. Yeah, you can find anything on YouTube. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, you really can. Yeah, Len, Len Dawson, <laughs> Nick Bonacani, and a very young Chris Collinsworth. Very young, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely a trip down memory lane there. Um, so I don't know if you have anything else. Of course, it's been a long show. No, I will tell you, a football party, man, takes a lot of energy. <laughs> yes, very go much. Two hours nonstop, no commercial breaks, no no interruptions, uh Unfortunately, neither one of us are, you know, having any stomach or bladder issues when we do these <laughs> parties. That's a good thing. So, no, that that, that definitely, uh, I, I'm appreciating the, the one-time-a-week format. Um, I like that, and, and I don't think that the previous week results are so foreign, you know, six days later. That there's still not, not quite no. There's nothing. It's not like it's so far in the past. That there's nothing left to unpack for from it, or nothing left to say about it. 
I think it also gives us like the 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 segue. You know, we get to like sort of put the bow on the last week, and interestingly, see how that informs what we're doing for the next week. Because we could say we could just trash a team in their recap segment, and then go, well, with that being said, I'm still going to take them this week. <laughs> or vice versa. Because... Yeah, because whatever happened last week doesn't necessarily inform what you're oh. going to do this week. You you can't can't go like that. You, you, if you if you do that, you're just going to take every team that won last week and take them to win the next week, and that's just silly. That I just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. That broke if you did that. <laughs> uh, last chance for you. Uh, if the Falcons do win on Sunday night, uh, their odds are probably going to increase. But I did see that they're at a plus four thousand right now to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. I, I figured they would drop precipitously after that yeah. game Sunday night. So yeah, I, I, now twenty wins to eight hundred. I mean, go, slap slap some down. I sh- I really should. I, I I said I was going to. I just never made it to any because I I don't actually know if any either one of the the two states surrounding me if they're completely legal yet. I've, I've been reading that they they are or they're getting ready to, but you know, just because you're getting ready to to have sports betting doesn't mean that you have it right this second. Uh, so both Arkansas and Mississippi have casinos uh, easily accessible. I just don't know if they're up and running now as far as sports gambling. So, uh, but I haven't checked. Uh, so that's on me. We don't want to send you down the dark path, and again, you know, we don't want to send you down the rabbit. Right. I used to have a very bad gambling problem for, for those who don't know me, uh, but, but I'm feeling much better now. I got to um, tell you, your picks are a lot better now that you don't have the gambling problem. It's because I'm not putting money on it. That, yeah, I I'll promise you. On this shit, I used to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> I know. Believe me, I know. I guess because that was <laughs> because I couldn't remember for many, many, many years you telling me that the only reason I was beating you in the picks was <laughs> I was not invested. That's right. And I, uh, I was trying to I was trying to come up with any reasoning I could possibly find. I, I was desperate. <laughs> not a lot of uh, we don't disagree on a ton of games this week. Only four. Five last week was a low number, but it's only four this week. Um, that's not oh. counting our uh, we already uh, on Thursday night. Right. Now we talked about that. Now you were not expecting because I saw when you posted you did expect. Carolina to win you just did not expect them to cover I did I didn't know the extent of Cam Newton's uh, arm troubles I think they would have come back and and taken Tampa's uh, defense and and won that game if Cam Newton's arm was 100% Um, so yes I expected Carolina win but I still thought Tampa would would hang around in there I I, I thought Jameis Winston would sort of keep them in the game just doing silly Jameis Winston things throwing the ball up for grabs and letting Mike Evans go get it but yeah, it, it turned out to be a much different game than I thought. Tampa actually kind of struggled with their offense a little bit, but uh, it didn't matter because Cam Newton couldn't mount a comeback. 14 points uh, for Carolina is, I don't care what you say about it, it's very disappointing. It's, it's by any measurement, it, it makes the Panthers look like they're on their way down. It looks like the arrow is pointed down. That's another maybe hot seat to watch as Chico Rivera might be about on his way out of there. He's, he's been there a while. It's been a, it's been a long time. I know he got to a Super Bowl, but it, you know what have you done for me lately? You know how that goes. So. And right before and we didn't talk about it because it was not a key moment or a huge moment in the game, but there were more some more uh, replay shenanigans in that game right before the storm delay 
there was a fourth and short that the Panthers went for, and Cam Newton uh, took it on an option keeper. He clearly got the first down, got really hosed on the spot, and then they went back and looked at it and just said it was confirmed. Like, the play stands. Like, even though the ball, when you could see where his knee hit and the ball was, it was way across the first down marker. I am with you. I was watching that replay and wondering what the referees were looking at that they would say that the spot was, was good. I honestly totally thought they were going to reverse that or, yeah. or not, not reverse it, but necess- but say that we're going to respot the ball here and then bring out the change and remeasure yeah. and therefore give them uh, the first down. After they didn't respot it at all. They said, no, we're good. Nope. They said he had to make the 46-yard line, and when they did the freeze frame on the replay, I mean, you could clearly look right up the, the – the, and see that he was holding the – the ball was on the ground where he had put it, where his knee touched, and the ball was clearly about a foot past the 46-yard line marker, which would have easily given them the first down because they were only about six inches short. And they just said, nope, you guys lose the challenge. <laughs> we're like, ah. And, of course, the guys on TV are like, oh, yeah, you can clearly see where the – and then the ref just – once again, is this the Al Riverone show? I mean, ugh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I I think he's still in charge there. Yeah, whatever he says. Yeah, but I don't don't see anything. Uh, Play stands. Yeah. So, all right. That was was one hell of a football party. It was. We are all partied out. Yeah, just keep in mind that we're uh, looking at that first week in October um, having a unique situation because I will be away. <laughs> oh. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, so I'm going to be gone a Thursday through a Wednesday on vacation. I'm going to be in New Mexico. So I'm not quite sure what my availability is going to be that week. Um, I'll make sure I get you all my picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, but, it, you know, the worst case scenario is how. Yeah, worst, you'll, you'll you'll email me the picks and I'll do a solo show and, and let everybody know what your picks yeah, are. Yeah, I'll do my best to try to call in, you know, from the road. I don't know where we're going to be or what we're going to be doing. It's a week away alone with my wife, which I haven't had since our honeymoon. And I don't know. I, I think I might get a little side eye if I'm calling into our show. <laughs> you'll get more than a little side eye, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what I won't be getting a lot of. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we won't, we won't get into that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, like I said, if the if push comes to shove then I'll just set a time and yeah. you'll be able to call in during that time if you can. Yeah. Uh, and if I not, then I'll it. just, I'll have my mom call in. She can, she can, <laughs> so she's apparently our one life listener. Oh, hi mom. She was, on, she, oh. well, it's after show Wait, now. Yeah, we're not live anymore. I, I didn't realize. Well, tell my mom, you know, when she's like, "Oh, I listen to your show live," and I'm like, "Don't listen to our show live. It's <laughs> you miss the after show, and sometimes that's the best part of the show." Right. Oh no. Or go ahead and listen live, and then listen to the podcast as, as well, and, and get a double yeah, dose. Give us the double hit. We'll take that too. Yeah. So, all right, sounds Ooh. good. Next week, football party should be Saturday night. I don't have any anticipation of that changing, but if I need a if I need Friday night, I'll let you know. All right, y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I, I think we're, I think we're done here. <laughs> A lot of football. All right, yeah, four games that we're different on, uh, uh, not including the Thursday nighter. So, everybody, enjoy your football week two of the NFL overreaction weekend. Who's great? 
and who's awful, and we'll find all of that out together tomorrow. Uh, He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back here with another football party next weekend talking about the events of week two and getting ready for week three in the NFL. Talk to you then. Enjoy your football Sunday. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.